Wubba-lubba-dub-dub, and welcome to Cloud Style. Rick and Morty Podcast. The yeah. only Cloud Style Rick and Morty Podcast that you are going to listen to. You and me, this Fat week. Mac, 100 more episodes. 100 more episodes. Basically, White and Fat Mac forever. Forever in 1001. You're never going to give up. B6Podcast.com. 1 million years. Fucking. That's a lie, folks. This is beef sticks. This has nothing to do with Rick and Morty. We're just trying to lure you in. We're trying well, to I did f- start things up. binging Rick and Morty again today from season one. Did you start binging? I did. I needed to go back. We went around with that. I mean, we got mm-hmm. another three years until we get our next episode or season, so we might as well get into it a little bit. Truly. Thankfully, uh, Disenchantment has held me off. I'm, I think, on my third time going through Disenchantment, so... I still haven't watched the whole thing once through. I oh my god! I don't know. You're man. missing out. You're missing out. It's an it's an amazing show. Let us know what you think of Disenchantment in the comments. How do you feel about all the uh, Fox pulling all their shows now? Getting it ready to uh, getting ready to move it to the Disney's. Yeah, uh, give me the fucking Disney thing before you start taking everything away. That's my opinion. Well, they can't do that, though. Then they'd start Disney with no shows. They want to start it with all these, you know, names that everybody's already into. They want to get them all built up ahead of time. They know what they're doing. Trust me. Disney Disney didn't get to where they are by not knowing what the fuck they're doing as far as marketing goes and, and hostile takeovers. Oh, yeah. Which is why WWE is going to be the next Disney in 30 years. So says Stephanie McMahon. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's good stuff going on, man. It's good. It's every, Things are changing. Tis the season for change. And there's a lot of change going on, Pasty. A lot of things are, are different than the norm. Yes, indeed. We missed a week last week. We're back we missed, again this week. Missed well, a whole week. Kind of this week. Because by the time this comes out, it'll be tomorrow, and that'll be next week. So, yeah, but it usually comes out tomorrow. I mean, since we quit doing it live, it always comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I guess that hasn't changed. Yeah, but usually we'd be here recording on Friday, and now we're here recording on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You know, until you told them, they didn't know that. But they now no they idea. do. I feel, I feel like it's pretty important to let them in on what's going on, and I mean, we've been pretty fucking busy in our normal lives lately, and today we kind of came to some terms, Fat Mac. Terms and conditions may apply, folks. Mm-hmm. Sorry and you have you. all signed the contract by listening to this podcast. We now have rights to your email addresses, your credit card numbers, and your social security numbers. I'm talking to you, 47505-8346. Yeah, I know who you are, and I know you're listening. I can smell you from here. Yeah, and you know, it is, it's just, this time of year, this time of year in general, I think for everybody is so hectic and busy, but you and I just have had stuff plop down on our laps that you, that A, you couldn't even plan for, and mm-hmm. that's on top of all of the shit that you already expect to have crazy stuff going on. Right. Yeah, wow. it's uh, it's wow, been interesting, <laughs> and therefore, folks, this episode marks the season finale of season one of B Sticks Podcast. It hurts, I know. It stings. 
it was hard for me to even bring this up when we started talking about this. Yeah, but, but it was one of those things like ripping off a bandage where it was like we knew it had to be done. It's just how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty easy. You just don't do it for a couple more weeks. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, going to be our last little episode for the holidays season. We will be back after the first of the year with season two. Hopefully within the, uh, hopefully the first week of January, we're shooting for about maybe a uh, third, fourth, fifth air date, probably fifth, but I like a fifth, you know, oh man, I like a fifth, man. <laughs> hey, Slim, I just drank a fifth of vodka. Dare me to drive? I do, but I'm not slim. Hey, hey, white, I just drank a fifth of vodka. <laughs> Dare me to drive? I think you can handle a fifth. I think I can handle a fifth of vodka. Fairly easily. Fuck, I don't drink like I used to, and I'm pretty sure I could handle a fifth. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's good. It's good because it needs to get done. So does that it's mean good. when you get pulled over, you can plead the fifth? Well, I, I think it's implied, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Sir, have you been drinking? I plead the fifth. <laughs> I wasn't lying to him. <laughs> Sitting there on, on the stand in front of the judge. I wasn't lying to him. I said I played the fifth. I had a fifth. I was a straight shooter the whole way. He was too drunk to realize what I was saying. I'd breathalyze him, your honor. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's good. I think wrestling in general right now is kind of at a lull. Even the news. Mm-hmm. Other than a couple, uh, a couple deaths that have come up and a couple injuries, which we're going to get into. There's not a lot going on. WWE has so many people out injured and who they have, they just don't know what the fuck they're doing with. So Except for Daniel Bryan. Which yeah, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with him either, apparently. <laughs> I haven't I don't man, know. From what I've heard, he's doing a really good job as a militant vegan heel. And fuck, I love that. I love that so much. I guess I'd like to check it out. I, I see a lot of negative things about it and I just haven't watched, so I don't even know. I don't even know, man. I think it's brilliant. It's a, it's a definitely a fresh take on a heel when it comes to the WWE perspective. Yeah, we've never had a, a, a militant uh, vegan heel. Um, Daniel Bryan comes to mind before him, or um, Austin Aries, or uh, oh yeah, it's happened a lot of times. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> um, not, nonetheless, he told a kid. He told a kid in the crowd he was stupid on his birthday. Of course, this was in a dark well, match at the end of the show. To be fair, Daniel Bryan was stupid on his birthday. He got really <laughs> drunk and did some weird things. He was stupid on his birthday. I mean, he's just letting the kid know, hey, I was stupid on my birthday. Well, it was the kid's birthday, not Daniel Bryan's. He was stupid on the kid's birthday, too? Well, I mean, it's Dan- <laughs> I mean, he has the right. He's an adult. He can, he can be stupid if he wants. Uh, Daniel Bryan can be stupid on anybody's birthday. I think you you're missing face- the point. He told the kid <laughs> the kid was stupid. On the uh, kid's birthday. He had a birthday uh, sign. It's my birthday. Well, your stu- sign is stupid and so are you. Yes. Yes. Cheap heel. I like cheap heel heat. I like it when it mm-hmm. works right, when it's done right. I haven't watched, so I don't know if they're doing it right. This Sadly, could be kind of a big thing going forward, too, because they turned Daniel Bryan, who's kind of been a prominent babyface his entire run with WWE. Even Team he Hell, hasn't. though. Yeah, even Team Hell No was pretty babyface. He started out as a heel, came back as a face, 
Then he got the whole no, no, no thing going, and that was major heel. Everybody was against him then. Team Hell No got him turned back into face. He's kind of been off and on. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, he's, I would say, especially after he was, he's a lot like uh, like your Ric Flair's, your Shawn Michaels, some of them. As soon as he had to retire, he's going to be a babyface the rest of his career. So, yes, I, I will say it's ballsy turning him babyface now when you have a lifelong face if you wanted it. I just think it's cool I because agree. it's, to me, it's them giving a chance to make somebody a heel who isn't your typical heel and obviously is favorable with the crowd. But now John Cena is saying he's not cutting his hair, and when he comes back, he would like to be heel as well. And I feel like Daniel Bryan's heel turn this time around might kind of give some leeway there. And at this point, I mean, they should bring Cena back as a heel, right? You know... It, it basically comes down to what Cena and Vince wants. They both have enough pull right now that if Vince wants him to be face, he's going to be face. If Cena wants to be a heel, he'll just refuse to come back. I mean, they can mm-hmm. both pull, play their cards at this point. I don't think it's going to hurt Cena at all at this point. Like, I guess I, I, I would have to look at the numbers. We, I we think have Cena's heard... point for being heel is it's his opportunity to put younger talent over. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we've heard the the biggest argument being that Cena sells too much merchandise that it's not worth turning him heel. So I guess the only way to know for sure would be looking at the books now. With Cena being gone, does his merchandise still sell as much, and is it going to affect them that much if he turns heel? Mm. I guess that's what it would probably come down to. The bottom line would be how much is his merch still selling at this point. How cool would it be if he came back with a muscle, royalty, and disrespect t-shirt? That would be awesome. That would be badass. I can dig and it. And if he doesn't make it, it, we'll make it here at Beef Sticks Podcast. Especially if he like came back like just at the King of the Ring and won the King of the Ring. There you go. Muscle royalty disrespect. I would love that. That would be great. That would be great. I, I think it would be awesome. You know, you know that it's bad when I literally have been watching a good amount of wrestling lately. The problem is... I've been watching 80s wrestling and 90s wrestling probably about probably a good six hours a day or so. I've been going back and watching a lot of uh, old Survivor Series, Clash of Champions, Starcade, and then I've been catching up on 1998 Nitro and Raw. Respectively, I'll just watch. I'll watch an episode of Nitro from that week, then the episode of Raw from that week, then Nitro from that week, then Raw from that week. I'm still, I'm still into my my wrestling mood. I'm actually getting more into my wrestling mood. For a while there, I wasn't watching any wrestling. I'm getting into my wrestling mood. I'm just not into the current WWE mood, pasty. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't been able to go back even with uh, the Daniel Bryan turn. I do want to check in and see it instead of just hearing about it. Right. Um but I haven't been able to do that thus far. Maybe in our hiatus, I'll find some time to check it out. But I'm not going to watch Raw. There's no way in hell I'm watching Raw. There is nothing going on Raw right now that makes me want to watch. No, nothing. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. Ziggler and and Drew split, and Drew's a heel, and Ziggler is a face, and Balor's rallying this group of faces to take on Corbin's group of heels. But it still doesn't matter. 
And it still sounds like more of the same shit. Mm-hmm. And I still assume that as soon as all of those storylines are done, every single one of them guys are going to be in the same position they're in now. Mm-hmm. Like and I've been meaning to watch anymore. more NXT. I did watch a couple episodes of NXT UK, and I gotta say, the fucking the crowd at NXT UK makes the show. It's not even necessarily about the talent in the ring, who I'm not 100 percent accustomed to yet. Right. But the crowd is so much fun. The episode I watched, <laughs> there was uh, was it a tag match? No, it was. A UK Championship Tournament. Uh, UK Championship Tournament between Zach Gibson and Pete Dunne. And the audience took off their shoes and they sang a song, If You Hate Gibson, Shoes Off. And it kept going on forever. But like they all holding their shoes up in the air. I've seen that on YouTube. I did see that on YouTube. It's awesome. (laughs) You know, I've, I've been on the fence about that. And I think WWE made its mind up for me. When the news came out that WWE changed their position of their NXT UK wrestlers to mm-hmm. where now they are no longer allowed to take any bookings outside of WWE. Where and WWE's affiliates. To, well, and certain wrestlers will have the ability to perform for uh, minor promotions still, but on WWE's terms. Yes. And with no TV deals. And yes, and I will give WWE credit, as they always have, the obligations the wrestlers already have prior to this announcement coming out, they're letting them fulfill. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing, in the United States, the NXT guys have so many different options available for them to make money. Over in the UK area, it sounds like that's just not the same story. Now there, it seems about split. Some of the NXT UK wrestlers have come out and defended this. Some of them have come out. Yeah. And, and you can imagine Pete Dunn is the face of the company over there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to do fine. WWE ain't letting him go hungry, but there's been some other ones who have come out and just said, basically now they can't even afford to be a part of WWE, but they're contracted in. So it's, I, from a company standpoint though, it does kind of make sense. From a because company these standpoint, indie promotions charge maybe five to ten dollars per ticket, whereas NXT UK charges well more than that. And if you can see all these people wrestling for five to ten bucks, you're not going to pay more to see them at WWE UK. That actually is a very good point. I feel like the bigger point is if they're out wrestling for another promotion that you do not have control over. There's a bigger chance of them being injured and you footing the bill or screwing up your storylines or just just the big effect of your wrestlers being injured. Yeah, and that and was I, one of the I stipulations, too. The, the superstars who are able to wrestle outside of NXT UK will have a WWE doctor at the at the event. Correct. They have to have a licensed DMT at the event, which mm-hmm. is good. But even with that, I mean, if WWE isn't there controlling everything, if they got different rings, they got different ropes, they got different standards, they got different wrestlers, you know? What if fucking they decide to throw a new jack in there with somebody? What the fuck's going to happen then? Right, right. We don't know. (laughs) So, yes, from a promotion point, I do 100% get it. But with that being said... Yeah, it comes back to, and I don't like to be negative, and I've had discussions on the internet about this, and you just run in circles. 
Is it to the point where a lot of those wrestlers were better off not signing with WWE than signing with them? Is this hurting a lot of young coming up wrestlers? Now, again, yes, your Pete Dunns are going to do good. Uh, you know, you got the people that are just fine. Tony Storm is going to do amazing. All yeah. of those people, they're fine. They're okay. We know they're making money. They're living better than they would have lived without signing. But there are the people that only make it onto the the dark shows or not even that, that now can't even go out and make a living outside of that. They might be getting 18 bucks for a dark show. They're paying to drive there. They're paying for the hotel. They're paying for all of their medical expenses. Are, you know, did they just shoot themselves in the foot now when they were originally told, yeah, you can do all your dates and come here and do that? I feel like it's going to sting in the immediate, but I think in the long term, as long as NXT UK continues to grow, I feel like the salaries will grow as well, plus the opportunities to come over to be on the main roster, Raw, SmackDown. Eventually, it'll get better, but for now, yeah, it fucking sucks. And the main roster is where they take the hit, because (laughs) you listen to NXT interviews, I mean, and even WWE has been open about it, and in NXT... You get your transportation taken care of. You get your hotels taken care of. You get brought to your training. Insurance. You get fed. All of this stuff happens. You get insurance. Yeah. All this shit happens. As soon as you're on the main roster, you pay for all of your plane tickets. You pay for the gas in your cars unless you're on WWE road trip. You pay for your food. You pay for all your medical insurance. You pay for everything. I mean, honestly, 90% of the people that come up from NXT take a huge pay cut as soon mm-hmm. as they go up from NXT to the main roster. Not everybody's Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. There's a lot of uh, um, Ascension, Tyler Breeze, um, uh, Neville was one who left. I mean, there's a lot of those guys that just, they couldn't afford it. That hurts them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Sad, but Speaking true. of Neville, did you see the triple threat with Pac and uh, Coffee? And God, I didn't yet. I didn't. It was really fucking good. And I think that match only happened because the WWE doing that UK thing. You can't fight for indie promotions, whatever. So this had to happen in a hurry. And right. it was a damn good match. I mean, granted, Pac didn't win. But I, I don't think that was his stance anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I, he also didn't lose. He wasn't pinned. And I've heard so many good things about that fucking match. Um, I, I meant to watch it. I'd put it off. And actually, until you just said it now, I completely uh, completely spaced it off and forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was ICW... I think it was ICW? Yeah. Insane Championship Wrestling? Yep, that was it. God, I can't think of who the third guy was either. You are right, though. It was John Coffey. It was Pac. The name Coffey bothers me. Every time I hear it, I'm like, they're pronouncing pronouncing Kofi wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'll get used to it, I guess. You're gonna have to, buddy. The Edge and Christian show that reeks of awesomeness is back on the network as well. I haven't started watching that yet, though. Yeah, I've heard positive things about it. I Again, like you said, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. They wore Bullet Club um, shirts, but I think WWE is totally over that now that the Elite is separate from the Bullet Club. Now I they don't agree. give a fuck. <laughs> I don't even think they, they care. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten to watch it either. A couple times, like I said, I've watched a lot of old school stuff on the network, and I've I've almost clicked on it a few times. And not, not for any other reason than I just... Um, 
Just just haven't gone through it. I think when I do, I'm going to watch like two episodes, put it down. Next day, watch two episodes, put it down. Mm-hmm. As of right now, they're doing it the way I like it, and they're only putting out an episode a week. That's the way it so should they be. Don't have the, yeah, they don't have the full season out, so that's good. Haven't watched it, but I've heard very positive things about it. I loved the first season of it. Edge had went on record and said it was so much work, it wasn't worth it for him, and he didn't like it, and they'd never do another season. And then six months ago, they backtracked on that, and I'm so happy they backtracked on that, because there's so many of the original programming that I don't care for. Well, I think it's more worth it to him now, because they're giving his wife work, too, you know what I mean? That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. That, that double paycheck, it, it definitely helps, yeah. Happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. Not that I would know. <laughs> Your life's still pretty happy, though, huh? Oh, yeah. Happy dogs, <laughs> happy life, man. I found, happy I found dogs, the term happy hug. I've heard the, town, the term happy wife, happy life actually holds you back where it's like, oh, yeah, but no wife means that you can be happy whenever you choose to be happy. <laughs> right. And how you don't even you have to, to make. Happy. Yeah. You don't have to make anybody else happy. <laughs> if you want to be happy, you can be. Whoa. <laughs> Fucking wild. Yeah. How have nobody <gasps> thought about this before? <laughs> it's Mine a wonderful is... life. Come on. Get with the holidays. Such a great one of my favorite movies, man. It doesn't get enough talk. I've been watching my favorite holiday movies with my kids. Over the last couple of days, we have watched the first two Home Alones. I think I'm going to show them the third one, too, because it might not have Macaulay Culkin in it, but I think it's still a decent movie, and I liked it a lot when I was younger. The second one is just so hard to watch. The first one is, is good the and The second fun one and was never hard for me to watch until this year when I'm like, holy shit, it's literally the same fucking thing. It's not the same thing, though. Like, he does, like, he throws bricks at, at fucking the guy's head multiple times. He burns one Electric dude's head. Like, him. Electric, yeah. They, the he does, the head like, burning happened in the kills. first one, though, too. Oh, yeah, so that that's is true. Nothing but he does, like, murderous stuff <laughs> yeah, to these guys yeah. in this one. Like, before, it was just, like, sick and mean. Yeah, ice, but nail the second in the foot. One, yeah, the second one, he upped it to fucking murderous <laughs> shit. It's they like, should have got damn. a third one with Macaulay Culkin. Oh, wait, they did. The Good Son. It's called Saw. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen those theories. Mm. Macaulay, the, the kid from Home I Alone fucking love that theory. Jigsaw. It's so perfect. It is perfect because it just works so well. You're right, though. The Good Son's an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Elijah Wood, Macaulay Culkin. Uh, if you've never seen that, folks, it's one of Macaulay Culkin's unsung movies. Go and watch it because that's one of his best acting movies acumens ever mm-hmm. and elijah wood is great in it too and it was so close to the release of the the home alone series that that it shocked a lot of people yeah i think it was shortly after home alone 2 yeah and he had a, yeah he had a good string there uncle buck uncle mm-hmm. buck he was great in um he did those he did um a really bad one called getting even with dad with um um ted danson from cheers fame that was a really bad movie he might have had a couple other ones, but then he went into hiding, and then he came out for the movie Saved. Did you ever see Saved? No, I Pasty? didn't see Saved. I love Saved. It is a kind of a dark comedy about one of those um, religious summer camps, and uh, Macaulay Culkin plays a paraplegic who has just quit giving a fuck, 
And he's just like, he's just like, you know, fuck it. I'm a paraplegic. Like, what the fuck has God done for me? But his sister is like complete holy roller and he's in this Catholic school and he ends up falling in love with this gal. She's a Jew, but she's like, uh, you know, she's the rebel. She gets in fights and smokes and doesn't care what people thinks and has sex. And she's been kicked out of every other school. So her last school to go to that isn't a public school is this Catholic school. And uh, it's a good movie. It's fun. Um, Mandy Moore, I think, is like one of Mandy Moore's first roles. Oh, too. Nice. She plays his sister and she's like the holy roller better than thou. That makes a lot of sense. She's like the evil, but she plays like the evil. Like she like she literally throws a Bible at somebody. She's like, you need to be saved, Mary Beth. And she chucks a Bible at her. And and Mary Beth even looks at her and says, look at yourself. The Bible's not a fucking weapon. Tell <laughs> that good, to the Catholics. Exactly. That's, it's, it's fun. It's very tongue in cheek. Uh, it's a dark comedy. They don't take themselves too seriously, but it does have some, you know, some real points in it. And it's got like teenage pregnancy and unwed parents and yeah it's 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 a fun movie and and macaulay calkin did a great job because he didn't oversell his role he's just this paraplegic kid that isn't horrible he's just basically doesn't give a fuck anymore he's like hey i'm paraplegic what worse is god gonna do to me so let's just go with it and that's the thing about macaulay calkin too he may have stepped out of the limelight but has he ever put out a bad movie I don't think so. Yes, Giving Even with Dad with Ted Danson okay. is a very bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I don't know. I know he did do a string of indies. Yeah. Um, and indies are very, very, even more subjective than, you know, major releases. Right, so, yeah. But I, I haven't, other than Getting Even with Dad, no, all of his movies I actually thoroughly enjoy. And I think he does a good job. And I mean, he's very we didn't even talk in... about Pagemaster, but I could do a whole fucking oh, show Page on Pagemaster. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, Pagemaster. Um, Hell, Pagemaster is part of the reason you and I became friends. And it was and it was bad, but not because of him or Christopher Lloyd's fault. It just wasn't well written. But as far as being a kid's story, it was super fun. Yeah, no, when I was a kid, I, I loved it. I yeah. owned it. I would watch it on repeat. I wore out the I fucking about videotape. How can you forget about Pagemaster? I don't know. It's a delight. Christopher Lloyd, Macaulay Culkin... Um, yeah, how do you forget about it? It was it was really good. If I had one complaint about the movie, it would be it's just hard to see him as that big of a pussy after he was already a pussy in Home Alone and grew out of that. You know what I mean? You watched him get over his fears. And then all yeah, of a sudden... Yeah, but then, but then you also seen him get killed by insects. So that's kind of <laughs> pussy too, right? So, I mean, come on. He's, he's played the whole gamut here. <laughs> And then his brother, his brother grew up to be a fairly decent actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. He plays the roommate. And yes. dare I say, his roommate is the steals the fucking show. Now, now was that the same brother who played Fuller in Home Alone? Uh, I, I'm going to say yes, but there was like five kids, so I could be lying. Mm. Well, Fuller is the one who wets the bed. Yeah, yeah, I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. He's the kid with the glasses. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It, um... I, I'm gonna say yes, just because at the Home Alone age they look exactly the same, and then at Scott Pilgrim age they look exactly the same. Right. Also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I believe it's the same one. Really, they're not but... siblings; they're all just a line of clones. <laughs> right. A couple of them it happen to be, be female. 
Yeah, because there is. I mean, I think at least one of the sisters have gone on to do a lot of things, too. But Yeah, no, the Culkin family is a tragic tale of pretty much right along the lines with the Jackson family, if you think about it. Yeah, but I think they grew out of it better. I think all of them are, <laughs> yeah. I think all the kids are doing better today. Um, obviously, the father, I mean, that's a tragic tale. Um, the mom, I think all that got worked out. And the kids are doing so much better nowadays, mm-hmm. I think, than, than a lot of them did um but yes um i can't think of his dad's name but mr calkin was very tito jackson yes from the understanding my understanding was go go watch some behind the scenes documentaries of home alone and home alone 2 the dad was a miserable miserable son of a bitch that nobody liked oh yeah and he was horrible with his um what movie um oh no it wasn't a movie Macaulay Culkin, when he did Saturday Night Live, I was just going to bring this up. Second, <laughs> perfect, <laughs> second youngest kid ever to do Saturday Night Live after Drew Barrymore, and allegedly, according to um, Lauren Michaels, Macaulay Culkin's father. You know, we've all watched Saturday Night Live, and everybody stares slightly to the left of the camera to read the cue cards. Yes, that's just where everybody in every skit of Saturday Night Live looks. According to Lauren Michaels and others on the set, Macaulay Culkin's father would not allow him to read the cue cards and had to memorize every line for every skit in less than a week and was very, very emotionally abusive about it. Scary. And that's every skit, not just the skits they planned on using on the show, every skit that was written in contention to be used on the show. Yeah, because you got a, a Saturday Night Live. If for every skit you see, there is literally at least a hundred percent others that weren't there. I mean, yeah. you only see fifty percent of the skits tops. Mm-hmm. I want to go back Just and find disgusting. that episode. I tried, but I wasn't able to dig it up. I want to see it because I never got to. I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I haven't looked for it, but I, I'm pretty sure I never seen it. That would have been in the night. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it, but. It'd be, it, yeah, it would be a good one to see. Maybe I'll try to check it out after we're done recording. But no, back to my complaint. I, I do feel like plot wise and like little things, maybe he was more violent in the second Home Alone, but it's very carbon copy. Every little joke, every oh, little shit, thing, yeah. carbon copy. The only difference is they had a, a budget for higher, higher, well, more well known actors. Well, and even down to the, uh, in the first movie, there's the old man that shovels snow. And in this movie, there's the old woman with the pigeons. Like, Who's it's not down nearly to as the scary, by the way. Side story. No, she isn't. But she always makes me think of the pigeon man from Hey Arnold. And that just tugs at my heartstrings. So it always just gives me an extra. I do want to find and watch the movies that he watched in both the, the, Keep the change, you filthy animal. You filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that was really a series of movies, if that actually exists out there, I gotta see those movies. There is a YouTube channel, and I don't remember what the channel is, but they, like, he does, he does, like, he pretends that he's pitching movies to people, and he did one for Home Alone. Oh, yeah, no, I watched two. that. I watched that. Um, And it's, yeah, it's so sad. I love those movie pitches. Those are my favorite things, where he plays like, himself, the his- writer, and the producer. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. He stole the dad's credit card and money and just goes to the hotel. <laughs> oh, really? So he has theft. Yeah, but then the hotel guy's suspicious. Oh, so he stops him and checks if he's with his dad. No, he lets him take the room, but later on he walks in on him while he's in the shower. 
oh, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but Tim Curry does amazing in Home Alone too. I just love Tim Curry is amazing in everything. Yeah, he, does. he is. Rob Schneider but is Rob Schneider in everything he does. <laughs> right, well, yeah, sadly. <laughs> But when him and Rob Schneider and the maid and the, all of them come in there and, yeah. and they're just all embarrassed. Get on your knees and tell me just, you love me. Yeah, yeah, I love you. Fucking, it's hilarious. I love it. I love it. Uh, you oh. were smooching with my brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everybody and Cliff. Like Tim Curry. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> you were smooching with my brother. Oh, I forgot about that <laughs> shit. That was fucking the best. <laughs> and another thing Good that bothered stuff, me too man. is when he ran in and put up the fucking clown in the shower. Like, how did he have time to ready that? He didn't. Rick, that's an inflatable you inflate clown. You inflate the clown. You know how you hook long up it the takes wires, to inflate you hook up a fucking the- <laughs> clown? God damn. And he already what knows how to puppet it perfectly. Like, he's practiced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, anybody who's ever had a kid's party knows how long it takes to inflate like a one inch thing that needs. And to that's be when an adult up. is doing the inflating. No shit. <laughs> no, fuck yeah. But I love those movies. I'll tell you one thing that um, that Home Alone 2 sold the shit out of those talk boys. Yes, I, I had, I had two to of have them, motherfuckers. One. Yeah, I had two of them. I talk boyed the shit out of it and they didn't do a fucking thing, man. I could not do anything that that son of a bitch did in the movie. <laughs> when I played it slow, it didn't sound like an adult. It sounded just like this. It was dumb. <laughs> and I couldn't record it randomly when it's hidden somewhere because you literally have to press record and then you have a 90 minute tape in it and then you got to flip it over. Right. And how does he fast forward and rewind to these exact specific points to have things in the order he wants them to be? Oh man, it's amazing! Uh, that kid's got some—he's got some skill. I love it. He just press rewind, play, and it's right where it's supposed to be. I remember as a kid pressing rewind, play, stop, fast forward, play, stop, shit, rewind, play, stop, oh, fast forward, play. Damn it! Need to rewind again. Rewind, play. Fuck! Now it's way back there. How'd that happen? Fast forward, play. Oh, it was nuts. Uh. And I think that movie single-handedly put forth the things in motion that gave us the president we have right now. Well, it didn't hurt, man. You could, I mean, you could blame Macaulay Culkin for President Trump's presidency. Yes. Or at least the producers of the movie. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> Maybe that's what that maybe that's what got him into drugs. Right. Maybe this son's a this son of a bitch went into the page master world. And Christopher Lloyd sent him into the future. He's like, Colky, you gotta go to the future. Something's wrong. And he went in there and he's seen Trump taking over as president. And he came back. And that's what turned Macaulay Culkin into the fucking drunk druggie he became in between his childhood and his adult lives and turned him so messed out. Because Christopher Lloyd really is a time traveler and really did show him what happened with Trump because of Macaulay Culkin's movie. It was all Macaulay's fault. I can see it. Coming up tomorrow night, though, we're going to be watching one of my favorite non-Macaulay Culkin Christmas movies, and that is Jingle All The Way. Do not eat the cookie! (laughs) That's a 
good movie. My favorite, my favorite Christmas movie that isn't like your typical like Nightmare Before Christmas or um, I don't know what other ones, but I, I love Deck the Halls, and it, and it's not great in any one way, but God, I just love that movie so much. It's with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito, and I just I can't get enough of that one. Not as iconic of a pairing as Schwarzenegger and DeVito, though. Well, I mean, this this pro wrestling talk has been just oh, I know, invigorating. But we did kind of hint at games there for a second, which can lead us into our next segment. Ooh, sounds great. And I call this segment Pro Wrestling Linguistics. It's probably a horrible name for it, but I literally just came up with it right now. It's so. all right. I think we need like a a better name for it going forward. But for right now, we're going to change the name, folks. Oh, yeah. But for right now. The name will be Premium once te- Season 2 starts. So what this is, folks, is I have taken pro wrestling main events, iconic pro wrestling main events that every wrestling fan knows. This could go as far back as 19 Tickety 2 to as early as yesterday. And I have took the description of it. And I have copied it, and I have pasted it into Google Translate, and I translated it from English to Japanese, from Japanese to Samoan, and from Samoan back to English. Because if there's any kind of pro wrestling I enjoy, I love English wrestling, I love Japanese wrestling, and I love Samoan wrestling. All right. So we did that. We went English, Japanese, Samoan, and then back into English. And I am going to read the description of this iconic main event to Pasty White, and he is going to tell me what main event this is. Or die trying. Or die trying. So, Pasty, first up, and I have these written down for him so he can actually see how they're written, because they're actually written kind of funny, too, sometimes. So, Pasty, the first one we got here. The full-time champions of Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman faced the SmackDown (laughs) WWE and Daniel Bryan. Lesnar made suplex in Bryan. (laughs) Oh my god, this turned dirty. Quick as shit! Whoa! Wow. Folks, put the kids to bed! Yeah. So, Lesnar made suplex in Brian. Lesnar has shown F5 in Brian, but has voluntarily dropped in the game. Lesnar tried F5 in Brian. <laughs> but in the process, he hit the lawyer. Womp womp. <laughs> Brian took the opportunity to move the audience while the sign was lying. Brian ran to his knees at Lesnar. Brian began to match Lesnar's knee on the mark. When Lisa tried again... (laughs) Fucking Lisa, get out of here, bitch! (laughs) When Lisa tried again in the next F5... She returned to the ring, and Lesnar was on her lap. (laughs) Brian caught up. Yes! Lesnar closed up just to escape. Later, when Brian leaned the Lesnar at a triangle, Lesnar fought at Brian's F5, (laughs) 
and won a victory. Disable the spread of the keypad using the popular Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> oh, man. This this first one's already a hoot. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love this. Lesnar I love this game so much. and Brian. We gotta do so many more of these games. <laughs> and where the fuck Lisa came from? I don't know. And and her, is, she happened. Like, yeah, I know exactly. It's like there isn't even a Lisa in WWE at this time, and there hasn't been since probably Victoria, Lisa Marie Veron. Yeah, I mean, that's good shit. All right, Pasty, can you tell me what iconic WWE event this was? Well, this would Brian and Lesnar have to be the last event. That happened, and that would be Survivor Series. Am I correct? Survivor Series eighteen, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar for the universe or the Universal Title versus WWE Title. You are correct, Pasty. You got it. One for one. All right. One for one. You are good. Are all of these one-offs where the only the contenders only faced each other one time? Because this will be real easy if that's the case. I didn't say that. <laughs> Actually, probably almost all of them are not that way. That might this might be the only one. All right, pasty. Up next, hell and a contest between Andy Tay. <laughs> yes, folks, Andy Tay. That is A N D Y space T A Y. Hell and a contest between Andy Tay and the man Mick Foley. Most watched and discussed in football history. <laughs> Before this game, Foley and Terry Funk talked about the machine in hell in the bloody blood house last year. <laughs> that should be what it, the event is called. It should be hell in the bloody blood house. I love that. Hell in the bloody blood house. <laughs> Inside my home, I jumped to the undertaker. Backdropping and Shawn Michaels by linking the bar. Foley and Funk can have brainstorming on how to lead the game when Funk says, Smile! <laughs> oh my god! Smile, you egg sucking dog! <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, Pasty, do you know Hell in the Bloody Blood House? Oh, boy. Well, Andy Tay is Undertaker. Yes. <laughs> Andy Taker. I believe it is supposed to be Undertaker. <laughs> Andy Tay and the man. I'm not sure why Terry Funk is in there. Oh. Shawn Michaels. This has got to be the Hell in a Cell where he went through the table. That's a SummerSlam, yeah? No, Mania. Uh, it's not a SummerSlam, but it was King of the Ring 98. Okay. But you are correct. It is the Hell in a Cell, Undertaker <clears throat> versus Mankind. Um, Terry Funk came out both times that they thought that Mick Foley was dead. Oh, oh. okay. So, 
He came out both times and, and checked on his, his real life friend. So, and apparently he said, smile. <laughs> I mean, that was his main thing was to come out and say smile. That's, it's because his, that's what he was his there tooth for. Hit his nose, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Smile. He probably came oh, out just basically. to stick the tooth in his nose. Really? <laughs> that could have been it. Basically, my friend, you are two for two on this wacky uh, adventure. And a million points to you for this, man. This is hilarious. <laughs> I I told you this was going to be a good one, man. I think I, I think the uh, WWE announce team should put themselves through auto translate. <laughs> It'd be way more fun. Yes, wouldn't yes, it? it would. Especially when Lisa and Andy Tay and the man show up. <laughs> I can just hear Michael Cole now. And folks, coming up next, it is Andy Tay taking on the man in hell in the bloody blood house. JR, by God, Terry Funk says smile, by God. Uh, you know, I was just going to call this episode season finale, but I might just have to call it hell in the bloody blood house. <laughs> you can't beat that. You just can't beat that. Hell in your bloody blood eyes. We might have to go with that. <laughs> All right, Pace, you ready for the third one? Yes. You're on a roll here. You're on a roll. Ooh. I think you'll get this one. I think you'll get this one. My cheeks are hurting. Number th- I know. I know and I'm not right? talking about my ass, folks. <laughs> Number three. Hogan, who walked inside the cage. Or no. Hogan, who walked inside the ring, came out with a loud voice. About two minutes before the game, Hogan tried to rally Andre, but did not try to pull the end year. (laughs) But Andre lost it after a season. Andre in Hogan ring, I tried to hug a large boot by Hogan by scratching Irish on the far side. (laughs) And Hogan pulled off the rope and washed Andre for the first time. He must have been so smelly. (laughs) That's the first time Andre's ever been washed. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Gotta pull off the rope and wash that Uh. bastard. After that, Hogan Hulk up, scoop hit 525 pounds, 238 kilograms large, cut the rope, and ran the leg leg to win the tumble championship. <laughs> I want them to bring back the tumble. Hashtag bring back the tumble championship. <laughs> and run the leg leg some more, please. Run the leg leg and win the tumble championship. WrestleMania uh, three. WrestleMania. Man, how could it be anything else? That was, I, I, it's known throughout the annals of pro wrestling history as the first time Andre was washed. <laughs> right. I mean, that gave it away right there. That's, I mean, they didn't even change anything in the that translation. That put both That's men just... on the map. Exactly. When the first time Andre was washed, it was like, holy shit. God damn. I think this is hilarious because there's a stereotype about French people being smelly and nasty. <laughs> and it's like, we didn't write this. This was translated. I took the the literal description in English. I translated it to Japanese. I trans- translated it to Samoan. Then back to English. And somehow, in that time, they still made a French people are smelly joke. 
Like, this wasn't me. This was Google came up with that shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you, Pasty. You're kicking ass on this. You're kicking ass. You're unstoppable. I say that at the hardest. I'm unwashable. Unwashable. At 525 pounds, 238 kilograms. Hey, we got to do that. We got listeners all (laughs) over the world. We do. We do. We do. We got people who have been following the Tumble Championship for ages. (laughs) It's my favorite championship. Right up there next to the Million Dollar Championship. Damn right. That and the... uh, um, the David Arquette Memorial Championship. <laughs> the motherfucker's kicking ass, man. Yes, he is. <clears throat> I'm proud of him. I'm very proud of him. <clears throat> All right, number four, pasty. Number four. Here we go. Above all, John Cena protected the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Brock Lesnar. In the first 30 seconds of the game, Lesnar ran to F5 and Cena in the near future. <laughs> wow. Time traveling. Lamia ran to many German suplexes. Total, total, 16. <laughs> but Cena managed to break the good in a short time. Cena made a close relationship with changing the situation. Then Lesnar sat down. Practice the Undertaker (laughs) and laughed. Cena used STF to Lesnar, but Lesnar ran and ran F F F F F to get the name. (laughs) Practice the Undertaker. This this was fairly recent. This was God. I can't think of the event. It is pretty iconic. I'm going to tell you that. I, I picked very iconic matches, so this one is an iconic match. Oh, which pay per view was this? This was the one where Lesnar ran and ran F. F, F, F to get the name. So this is where Lesnar <laughs> earned his name, huh? Apparently. <laughs> he was known as Lisa before beforehand. <laughs> before it was Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until this match with them four Fs. <laughs> and he got Where's it. the fifth F? That's my question. <laughs> well, you know, he had to practice The Undertaker even more. You only practiced The Undertaker enough for four Fs. He didn't practice The Undertaker enough for five Fs. God. Uh, Was this Royal Rumble? Uh, This was not Royal Rumble. But uh, give me me the guys and what it was for. Well, it was Lesnar and Cena for the WWE Championship. And this is the one where Lesnar, like, took the shit out of Cena. The whole match. Yep. Yep. You know which one yeah. it is. Okay. It was uh, SummerSlam. There you go. 14, I figured it was that, but I don't know. I didn't want to say SummerSlam because, yep. but that makes sense. This was Two the big first names. Time, yeah. This was, yeah, this was the invention of Suplex City in the first Shortly after Cena tied Ric Flair's record. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
So it is it, it is an iconic match. Um, you get a half a point for that I'll one because you knew what it was. You just you couldn't quite remember which event it was. I wasn't sure where this was on the iconic scale, but I knew you had, you would at least know what it is. All right, Pasty, we got two more left to go. All right. <clears throat> Next one is number five. Number five. Johnny Five is alive. All right, Pasty. It's the first official game of Sting in WWE. In the middle of the game, Triple H's Sutin locks up on a rocket lock. <laughs> My favorite submission. <laughs> a Triple H of Degeneration X DX partner enters the ball and tries to interfere with the game. The beat of Billy Gunn, Road Dog, X-Pac, under the Triple H line, was sent out and released to four men from the rope. <laughs> Triple H carrying out an immune system <laughs> in the area of, of the fall, rising from under the ring, the New World Three People Vaccination Vaccine Vaccine. <laughs> what the fuck? Where does this come from? Where the fuck did we got immune systems? The New World and we have Three People. <laughs> oh my god. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, when I invited them. Who the fuck I am is I don't know. The now it's in a first person shit when I invited him. All right. The delegate took DX out but scored 3H with the Scorpion Death Drop, <laughs> dismissing 3H from the last attempt. 3HH markings and the other Scorpion Dead mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part. This this was the fucking this is the one that they replay in all the fucking highlights was when Triple H found her in a car. <laughs> okay, folks. Just to, for those of you who are just listening and can't read this, the very last sentence of this description of this match is Triple H found her in a car. I'm fucking crying over here. <laughs> oh my god! I love this! This is my new favorite game of all time. This isn't going to be even a game going forward. All of season two of Beef Sticks podcast, all of our show notes are going to be put through translation. And this is what you no guys shit. are going to get. <laughs> oh, no shit. This is so much fun. I love it. Triple H found her in a car. <laughs> Three HH markings and the other scorpion dead mate. They fucked to the death. Right? I'm still amazed that Triple H carrying out an immune system of the New World Three People vaccination vaccine vaccine. When I invited him. <laughs> like, like, out of nowhere, I came out. <laughs> That's the first time we've been in the first person here. <laughs> oh, that's oh WrestleMania Sting versus Triple H from four oh years ago. Pasty, oh. you nailed it. That is exactly what that is. <laughs> WrestleMania 31, Sting versus Triple H. Um, I mean, I knew it gave it away when Triple H found her in a car. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I knew as oh, soon yeah. as it said that, Very I was like, obvious. fuck, he's going to get it. 
He's going to get it. Triple H found her in a car. Fuck. No guessing here. Every fucking pro wrestling fan knows that one. <laughs> I want to know what the fuck it decided that was. <laughs> Oh my god. And folks, I, I me personally went through and did all of these, but I didn't sit and read every single one. I literally got the description for the match, copied it, <clears throat> pasted it, switched it to Japanese, copied Japanese, pasted it, switched it to Samoan, copied Samoan, pasted it, switched it to English, copied that and put it on here. So this is the first time I'm reading all of these also. And it's so much fun. <laughs> oh. This just made my night. I was worried about being up too late. Oh, now I just don't even give right. a fuck Let's anymore. just do this forever. <laughs> Fight forever. <laughs> Fighting with the English language. All right, we got the final one. The main event, pasty. We got the main event, and it starts out as the main event was a wrestling contest for WWF World Heavyweight Championship, and Bret Hart made a name against Shawn Michaels. He will be the head of the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, which won the 1992-1992 WrestleMania 12 series. Even though Mr. Hart's did not submit as Mize ordered Hart's decision, Hart sharpshooter Vince McMahon ordered match referee Earl Hebner to terminate the game with the opportunity to connection no. Why did he order Earl Hebner to murder <clears throat> Triple H? That's just what he did. <laughs> he had to terminate the game. Um, disappointingly, the least funniest out of all of these that we've had, yeah. um, like I said, I didn't read these and this is the least funniest, but Pacey, I, I think you know what it is. Give me your guess. Survivor series. This is just Brett screwed Brett. Yes. The Montreal screw yes. job survivor series 92. Exactly. You got it. Pacey. All right. Wow. You know, out of all of the, the wild and wacky things, you'd think that one would have a really good yep, one. definitely not. And it came out very boring. Um, next time, I may have to try to filter these a little better. <laughs> With that being said, five out of six were fucking hilarious. Yes, yes they were. <laughs> and if we hadn't have ended with this one, I think it would have just been very good all the way around. But it uh, was not the case. Whew. You did an awesome job. You got, out of six, you got five and a half. I'll take that. That's pretty damn good. With with as fucked up as everything was, <laughs> I think that was pretty good. <clears throat> I think you nailed it, Pasty. You know your pro wrestling history, no matter what language it goes through. <laughs> and I think that goes to show how some some matches just, they just, they 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 defy translation. You just know what they are. Yes. They're that iconic. Whew. Yeah, we're definitely doing this again going forward. Whether it's main For events sure. or whatever, this is happening again. <laughs> yeah, movies, main events, um, uh, story descriptions, 
I would really like to do this like, I, like we were talking stories. about earlier before the show <clears throat> with with wrestler theme songs. I think it would be great. I think it would be great. Like I said, the, the only thing is I'm just so, I just don't know so many, I know so few wrestler theme songs. They, it just have to be like these ones. It has to be the iconic yeah. ones, you know. And some theme songs, I guess it gets difficult because you get like, you know, I guess that's difficult because like some of the most iconic, you think of Undertaker, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Mankind. Don't have words. None of them have any words. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it gets kind of, that gets kind of hard, but there's, there's got to be enough to get five, six, seven out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got all three McMahons, Triple H. That's true. The Rock, I don't think you could do that. You could try that. The Rock says, yeah. The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. <laughs> It'd be interesting <laughs> what they translate that to, yeah. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you could definitely get, get some in there. The Million Dollar Man, you know, money, money, money. <laughs> Who, knows? Uh, Who knows? It'll be good. It'll be good. And if you listeners have any ideas <clears throat> of what you want us to put through the translator ringer, let us know. Tell us. Let us know. We will uh. always take suggestions. I think it'll be fun. If you have a good suggestion for a name for this, uh, let us know. Because I don't like the name I, I came up Lost with Lost in Translation. <clears throat> I love that. Lost in Translation. There you go, Pace. I did it. You guys don't have to do it. Don't bother. It's not like you'd bother Lost anyway. Come on. Right. <laughs> that was good. Pasty, I'm very proud of you. Ooh. I think you did amazing. <laughs> Oh, my stomach hurts. My face hurts. I'm glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much fun. Ah, ah, stretch that job. Well, shit, I guess after all that shit, it's about time to add some sizzle to the steak. Yes. Man. Welcome, folks, to the sizzle section. This week, we're kicking off with some not wrestling related news, but it is related to kicking off. On Wednesday, the XFL held a press conference to announce the eight cities and stadiums that would take part in the launch of the league. New York, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington, D.C. will all be a part of the league. The XFL commissioner and CEO, Oliver Luck, stated that the XFL is built for fans and built to last. Didn't work out so well last time. We'll see how that goes. But he claimed it would be fast-paced, affordable, family-friendly, and interactive. He also discussed the four major changes that would be coming in the league's second season. The pacing of the game will be more crisp and quicker, with each game lasting three hours or less. There will also be rule changes affecting punts, returns, kickoffs, and the play clock as the league moves to create a more meaningful on-field action. Timeouts will be shorter and more limited, and game rules will be simplified to create fewer interruptions for the viewers. Luck also put a strong emphasis on player safety, stating there will be an extensive health and wellness program, including input from an expert medical board. The XFL will begin airing in 2020, the week after the Super Bowl, and will be distributed across multiple platforms. Team names, logos, colors, players, and presidents will be announced in the coming months as well. 
So Vince McMahon sat back in an office at a desk and said, <clears throat> I know what people need. People need six hours of wrestling at one time, but less than three hours of football. Vince is really, really, really out of what people want, isn't he? I don't know. I'm totally fine <clears throat> with less football. Yeah, but you don't watch football. I'll watch the XFL. I watched and XFL it last is time. Not, yeah, but XFL is not for people that don't watch football. It's for football. I think it's for people who don't watch football. It's a viable alternative to the NFL. So you could see yourself watching... Three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. Yeah, I could see myself watching those shows last year. NXT, an hour of of NXT UK, a six-hour pay-per-view, and a three-hour XFL game, all within the same week. Uh, Well, I don't watch Raw and SmackDown, so that frees up some time. But, but, and and we don't know because we haven't watched it. Obviously, when it first comes out, we're going to check it out. But do you feel what do you in your in your heart of hearts going forward, if you had to give up some time for some of them, what would be some of the first? And would XFL not be some of the first you would give up out of that time? And you don't know a hundred percent. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying right now, if you <clears throat> what do you think? I don't know. It's hard to say because it's not here yet. Once I see the product and what's well, on the table. Well, let's put it this way. How much how much time do you invest in the NFL? Zero. Okay, so you're obviously going to, this is going to be the first thing you cut out. Because this is just the NFL, just different. Yeah. But you don't the first run the NFL through because of the, XFL, it's the NFL, I watched every game. But were you invested in every game? Pretty much. Mostly the ones with He Hate Me, my favorite. Because, like, to me, I don't watch WWE, but I still I find time to watch. I hope he hate me as a coach in the reboot. <laughs> right? Coach hate me. <laughs> I, I still find time to watch MLW, to watch old wrestling, to watch Ring of Honor, to watch Impact Wrestling. Like, I still find time to watch pro wrestling. Yeah. If you're not somebody who goes out of their way to watch football, <clears throat> you're probably not going to change your watching habits to go out of your way to watch just this few three wow. hours. And I'll probably football. catch a lot of flack for this question, but how long is the average NFL game? Uh, about s- six hours. And 90% of that's commercials or timeouts. If they can keep, if they Correct. can keep the ball moving more often while the cameras are on, keep the timeouts more towards commercial breaks and have less commercial breaks. I could be okay with it. We'll see as time goes. I'm pretty Pretty pissed off that once again Minnesota doesn't get a team. Well, I wanted to go through this. You you got the the names up of the current um, cities, yes. correct? I wanted to compare and contrast to the original um, XFL. Teams. It's got to be right about the same fucking cities. So uh, th- that's what I was probably thinking. I can't um, remember any of the teams though. So that doesn't 2020. Help. I think I want to. Well, no, I think I want to go to the original. I think it's this one mm. right here that I was on originally. Um, <clears throat> so we got Birmingham, which would be Alabama. Mm. Is that a, is that no. on yours or no? Uh, Chicago, no. Las Vegas, no. Los Angeles, yes. Memphis, no. New York. Yes. 
Orlando? No. Florida? No. Uh, San Francisco? No. So, wow, so literally only one other city that used to have one mm. bought back in. I mean, if you, that Florida still gets it with Tampa me. Bay, though. That surprises me. Yeah, you still have the... But, and and but it's from different the sounds because of different... things, from what you're saying to me and what I see on my screen, I feel like they're definitely marketing to better cities. <clears throat> you're, you're probably right. Because um, the cities you said, I thought, all sounded like pretty mainstream major yeah. cities. I got to go back here. Uh, St. Louis is big for sports. Los Angeles, big for Dallas. sports. Houston and Dallas, mm. for sure. Um, Seattle, um, not a huge city, but big for sports. Tampa Bay is probably your odd one out. Washington, D.C., again, your odd That's one out. That's the Trump sucking. That's what that is. Trump will probably own that team. Uh, Trump's Trump's more New York than Washington, D.C., yeah. by far, even at this time. But yeah, yeah. So that's kind of uh, kind of surprising. I thought as as you did that it would be very similar cities, and it's actually very not similar cities. So that that's neat. That's neat. <clears throat> um, that either means that the people from before aren't willing and in investing it in in it again, or it means that bigger cities with better prospects are more interested. Mm. Now, mind you, you look the, the arenas way. that they're playing in have <clears throat> a range. Uh, I think the biggest one holds like eighty five thousand occupants and the smallest is about 20,000 occupants so i feel like they're going oh, yeah. for definitely smaller in, venues but they're going for arenas and not domes yeah, for yeah. sure not not like uh coliseums and shit oh for sure i just think that's a, it's a crazy spread 20,000 to 80,000 is a pretty crazy spread of numbers you'd think they would want them to be a little bit closer together um that, you know if you go with what the whole nfl has it's probably a similar spread yeah I'm sure there's bigger and smaller, probably not as small numbers, but I'm sure there's they're all bigger numbers, but I'll bet you the spread in between is fairly normal because I can guarantee you that the Los Angeles ones don't hold as much as, say, the St. Louis uh-huh. ones. And another thing, I'm kind of, I wish there was more cities. <laughs> it would give more range in the games you're going to see. Because, I mean, from what I've heard, and don't don't quote me on this because I could be wrong, but this is supposed to span the entire time that the NFL is not in season. So right. the other half of a year. <clears throat> and that's only eight teams. Well, but that's fine if, I mean, if this, unlike the NFL, doesn't have two, like the, the American League and the National yeah. League, then you could easily do that. Because you could have all of them facing off against each other through the whole thing. And then when you get into fine, and just like just like the NFL, none of the fucking matches matter until you get into the mm-hmm. finals. So I mean, you can have them just like pro wrestling. You can have them wrestle as much as they fucking want, and none of it matters until the the shit's on the line. You know what I yeah. mean? So I guess it's not a big deal. Um, you know, as we said when this first came out, it's just going to be interesting to keep watching and see what happens. Um, the NFL has been taking quite a hit lately. I know Vince thinks he can change that, but Vince can't he can keep think... ratings up on his on his own company show. I know. I, know. I personally just think that that sports in general are taking a hit now. And you know what? I know that that there's a there's there's a big section of everybody, and possibly our listeners, that say 
that the taking a knee is hurting a lot of the views from NFL. But I honestly think there's more people behind taking yeah. a knee than against it. Yeah. You're just honestly. basically so weeding I don't out think, the dirt. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's the issue. I don't know. I can't come out there and say that. Um, well, I think I think I don't you watch... know taking the knee. That's the the mentality of this generation of Americans, and that generation of Americans wouldn't be as into football as the red blooded, you know, side of things. You're saying only racists like football. I'm saying probably. The, <laughs> I'm saying the vast majority of racists probably love football. I think they love American pastimes, yeah. I'll give you that. They're hooked on to uh they're hooked on to what they're familiar with and American pastimes for sure. Um I don't know if that's I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't think that many football fans give a shit about taking a knee. And honestly, I don't think they give a shit about taking any one way or the other. Uh. I think the majority of football fans just want to fucking watch football and could give a fuck less what happens while the national anthem is playing. I'd be willing to bet if you took a fucking um, anonymous vote and got rid of the national anthem altogether, it would fucking win over by a landslide. Mm. And I'm not at all foaming, foaming at the mouth about the taking the knee thing. I'm in full support of that. I mean, if you don't want to, if you don't want to say the pledge of allegiance, go for it. I don't give a shit if you don't want to. You know, any of that, any of that old school patriot shit doesn't need to fly. It, it's not mandatory. This is a free country, and you're able to do what you want. Except for censoring baby it's cold outside and getting it banned. Now there's something to be pissed off about. Because of, because of the rapey tone? Yeah, what? but it was not written with that intent. It was it was pretty fucking rapey from the beginning. I don't think so. I've from the beginning, I've from the first time I heard that song, I was like hot. Damn. Yeah, but I mean, this, this the first time you heard that song, it was still around for quite a few years, decades. Oh yeah, it was back when it was written. But it was also it was written at ladies a time and gentlemen when a man and courting could rape and... a woman. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was written at a time that it was okay to rape a woman. <laughs> like that was how you got your wife. Honestly, before nineteen seventy, every wife was found by some man punching her and raping her. Everyone. I can back that up with facts. <laughs> I'd like to see those facts. Okay, look at marriage certificates. <laughs> were they married? Were, were all the husbands and wives married legally? If they were, there you go. Um, I didn't know it was banned. I think it's stupid it's banned mm. because there's because there's worse fucking songs There's worse Christmas songs. That's why I think it's stupid. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's fucking Jingle Bell Rock. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Get the fuck uh, out of here. Um, grandma got ran over by a reindeer. That's promoting murder to, of the elderly. That's elderly abuse and murder. It's horrible. And now people but are all definitely up, 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 baby, up in arms outside. because Rudolph was bullied. Like, yeah, that's the whole fucking story. He comes exactly. out a that winner the in the point. end. 
That was the point of it, was he overcame adversity. Yeah, yeah there is so much bullshit. Um, and, and if you look for it, you're going to find yeah. it. But we, we talked about this, whether this was on, uh, I don't know if it was on Buttered Pop Culture, if it was on Beef Sticks, but we had talked about this where you can't go back and look at old situations and, judge and decide now. that now yeah. they're not okay. Baby, it's cold outside. That motherfucker raped that woman. She did not want to fuck him. She ended up fucking him. It's written in the song. We all know it. But that was literally okay at the time. And she was probably fine with marrying him afterwards. And she probably stayed with him yeah. the rest of her Back life. Back when it was she written, got beat it, was when he was when drunk. it was very taboo to have non-marital sex. And she's being coy about it and doesn't want her name to be drugged through the mud by anybody. That's <laughs> what it's about. Yeah, but you can't just say that because we live in today's society that that can't happen. That'd be like that'd be like saying we can't have Jurassic Park movies because dinosaurs don't exist now. It's not okay. Dinosaurs don't right. exist. Fucking put a stop to this shit, folks. No more ghost movies. Ghosts aren't real. Put a stop to this shit, folks. You know, uh. can't go to space. Mars shit doesn't exist. Put a stop to that shit, folks. It's it's fucking crazy. Neil deGrasse Tyson. He just got busted for raping some bitches. So now we know that fucking uh uh, uh climate fucking change and <laughs> yeah, all that. Science is all wrong. Can't can't fucking make a movie about that anymore either. Shut it down. We had three people. That told us climate change was real. We had three people. First, there was fucking, uh, uh, um, uh, internet, um, Fooper Theory. Fooper Theory. Help me out, Pacey. Al Gore. Al Gore. First, it was Al Gore. Al Gore said that if there was climate change, shit was going wrong, global warming and all that shit. Yeah, he, he fucking claimed to invent the internet and claimed to invent man bear pig. Both fake. Can't believe it. No, him. Man Bear Pig is real. <laughs> then then Bill Nye, the science guy, came out and said it. <laughs> I looked up. Bill Nye, the science guy, has no fucking college credits in environmental science or environmental oh, law. Oh, no, he's just a science person. Motherfucker doesn't know what the fuck he's saying. He's just a face yeah, that he, people know and he's trust. He's just a fucking... Yeah, he's a child's actor. He's Barney. It, it would he's be like Barney. Mr. Rogers being him. a political activist. Yeah, then there was Neil deGrasse Tyson. I put all my faith in that son of a bitch. Now it's come out. He fucking diddled and doddled in about four broads and raped one. God damn it. There goes climate control. Yep. Out the window. <laughs> it doesn't exist. We're Stephen done. Stephen Hawking is dead. We've got nobody else to fall back on. Yep. Buy your fucking SUV, you bastards. <laughs> Throw coal in the in industrial plants. It's all free game now. Ah. That was a fun little ranty rant. What a world we live in. Oh, what a world. I'm melting. Even, it's climate sad change. Sad part is, I don't even know what, <laughs> what part of that I believe and don't believe yet. That's how fucked up Ugh. all this shit is. I haven't even caught up to what I think is real and not real yet. <laughs> Goddamn, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what Eric Bischoff thinks is real. What does Bischoff think is well, real? Well, Mr. Bish 
recently hosted a TED Talks on the topic of news media, taking cues from professional wrestling psychology, making comparisons between broadcasters and wrestlers, stating it is their job to make people feel emotion and not think about what it is they are viewing. Say it isn't so. It is so. Uh, This was a great, great TED Talk. I like TED Talks. And when I seen Bischoff was on there, I was like, oh, man, I got to check this one out. Honestly, and- my, my extent with TED Talks is is Eric Bischoff and James Veach. <laughs> so, <laughs> I probably don't got a lot to go on there, <laughs> but there I liked go. it. <laughs> but he but he made so much sense. Yeah. He truly he truly pointed out exactly how they have copied the pro wrestling world. And you can't even say that pro wrestling copied the news media world because news media has changed so much that they weren't doing what they're doing now. And and pro wrestling has literally been a thing since the 1800s at very least. So you can, I mean, you can put a, a, an exact correlation between how wrestling tells you how to feel and how to act by portraying certain things one way or the other. As Bischoff said, they make you feel, not think. Mm. If I can come out and know I can make you feel this way, you're not going to think the other way. Add on to that, that yes, Ted Turner, who created, who created 24-hour news, is the same person who owned World Championship Wrestling, which was the largest and most successful pro wrestling organization in the mid to late Mm -hmm. 90s. And yes, folks, Ted Turner invented cable news and 24-hour news. It did not exist before CNN. That was not a thing. You had to turn on your radio, or if you were lucky enough to have a TV, from 10 to 11 to get your news, and you had to pick up a newspaper. Until Ted Turner came out in, I want to say, 88, maybe 89, and came out with CNN, which literally had news 24-7. And back then, it was very different than it is now. Yeah. Well, I suppose the good news here is is it only took wrestling 220-odd years to... uh... For, for fans to stop feeling what they were told to feel and started thinking on their own. So eventually people will start thinking so the on their own is... when it comes to the news, too. Uh, just exactly. give it another 100 years. Another 100, 150 <laughs> years before people start thinking on their own. Isn't that the saddest thing? Uh, if you look at the correlation that, uh, yeah, it could possibly be that long before people actually think. It's rough. And I mean, yeah, here and there, there is some hopes and glimmers, but not when it comes to actual news media. You have to really dig to find, you know, sources that don't side with one side or the other and only give one side of a story. If I'm just going to give my personal opinion, which you can, which people can take that with a grain of salt and do whatever they want. BBC, watch BBC News, and it is probably... At best, the most, yeah, the most non non committed news source that you're gonna find, the most bipartisan news source you're gonna find. It might lean one way a little more than the other, and, and I'll come out and say it. It might lean a little more left than than right, but for the most part, 
if you look at what CNN says, if you look at what Headline News Fox says, if you look News. at what Fox says, yeah. if you look at what um, CNN says, those four news are going to be vastly, vastly different where at least BBC News, um, Al, Al Jazeera News used to be very good also. Mm. And, and it got a really bad name during the Iraq war because it's Al Jazeera. <laughs> right, but it was, right. No, Al Jazeera was the the one that was against all of the terrorist yeah. shit. Like they were against all of that. They weren't, they were the ones saying all the news about the terrorist stuff because they were against it. And as soon as everybody always heard that Al Jazeera News said this, Al Jazeera News got this videotape of the terrorists. Uh, they, they thought it was a terrorist news organization. Yeah. It's not. It's a very anti-terrorist news mm. organization. Shit, uh, wasn't but, that? That was PBS too, wasn't it? I mean, they have their own network, obviously, but that shit was on PBS uh, when uh, we were young. PBS would run yeah. Al Jazeera, so it would be public yeah, broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. A lot it's of them owned would... by the people. It's yeah, yeah. Al Jazeera would be their their <laughs> form of of PBS, yeah. correct? And BBC is also yes. BBC is their form of PBS. That is the, the public, and and it isn't really. Then run why by can't one I watch Doctor Who I whenever say. I want to? Uh, you can on BBC, but not BBC America. Right. Jerks. You need to find BBC, Pasty. That's your problem. <sighs> You're stuck on BBC <sighs> America, which is basically BBC Light. They took away Doctor Who right when they were going to give us a woman doctor, and I haven't got to experience any of that. God damn it. Yeah. Something tells me that's not the BBC. Something tells me that's America. <laughs> pro- you take this Doctor Who shit away from here. Because BBC is airing Doctor Who. It's BBC America that isn't giving you what yeah. you want. Ambassadors. Uh, well, you know America, they're going to stop it when a woman starts getting in charge. <laughs> Just ask Hillary. Right. You get Trump instead. <laughs> right. Uh, Trump forever, pasty. Yes. Million years. The guy's got czars now. I mean, are we even a democracy anymore? We've had czars since the 80s. Yeah, but like he's bringing them back in a big way. I don't know. I don't know politics. I don't I don't pretend to know politics. I try not to care about politics, but I don't either, Pasty, but talking about Trump Forever, Fight Forever Wrestling, which is a fairly new independent promotion in the UK, had their first show on Thursday night. Fight Forever Wrestling Phenomena. Which didn't feature AJ Styles, surprisingly. It did not. But they did crown a new men's and women's champions in the process. Millie McKenzie took home the Fight Forever Wrestling Women's Championship in a match in a triple threat against Kaylee Ray and... Uh, there was okay. another one. And someone else I don't also. know where that went. <laughs> but and Flip Gordon. Flip, <laughs> Flip Gordon bested Mark Haskins. To win the men's uh, Fight Forever Wrestling Gold. The company is currently in the midst of a four-day tour to promote the launch of the promotion. I am going to correct my news here, too. Because from what I had read, Flip Gordon, just, of the tour. Flip Gordon just had the championship. And he defended it against Mark Haskins. So I think they just crowned him without a match. Because I wasn't able to Maybe. find anything about his actual crowning match. Although... Fight Forever Wrestling, I'm fairly certain, has had matches before tonight also because they've been around for a little while, so I don't think it's their first show. Yeah. Maybe we'll look into this. Yeah, we'll dig more into it. I mean, it's, Maybe this was a fluke, It's just folks. coming to fruition. We'll be following it. 
Hey, folks, it sure was funny when we talked about that bloody blood house match, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell in the bloody blood house. Oh, yeah. Somebody who was really in, into the bloody blood house was uh, good old George H.W. Bush. What do you know about him, Pasty? Well, it turns out the former POTUS, George H.W., was secretly a wrestling fan behind the scenes. During his memorial service on Wednesday, Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkie shared a story about the former president and his wife. And this is his story. President Bush had a very special place, not only in his heart, but in the heart of veterans across the country. Not only in my heart, but in the heart of veterans across the country. I'm not going to be somber on that. I'm going to tell you something he would be proud of. I got the chance to know him and Mrs. Bush a little bit. They were remarkable people. Coming from a background they had, you would not expect them to be as comfortable on Main Street as they were on Wall Street. I had just started as a young staffer on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I was working for the ranking member at the time, Senator Jesse Helms of North Carolina. And I received a call from the White House for a 20-something-year-old. That was quite an event. Almost the event that Helena Bloody Bloodhouse was. The operator got on, told me, please hold for the First Lady's office. Mrs. Bush's secretary got on, and she was whispering. She said, Mr. Wilkie, we have something to request. I listened. She said, does Senator Helms know a great American personality by the name Ric Flair? I told her, yes, ma'am. Senator Helms actually started televised wrestling in North Carolina in the 1950s. I asked why. She replied, we don't talk about this very much, but the president, Mrs. Bush, watch Mr. Flair every Saturday night. They're going to Charlotte, and they'd like to know if Mr. Flair would accompany them on Air Force One. I said I would get back to her. I called the Charlotte office in the National Wrestling Alliance and got his promoter, appropriately named Davy Crockett. I said I have a special request. They said, he'll be there. So there he was at Air Force Base, platinum hair, three-piece suit, gold watch. The first hug Rick gets is from Barbara Bush when she gets out of the limousine. We fly down to Charlotte. We get in the reception line at the airport. And Barry Goldwater is there too. Goldwater gets up and asks the president, where's Barbara? And the president tells him, Barry, after 48 years of marriage, I just lost her to someone called the Nature Boy. That was George and Barbara Bush to me. Their presence will be greatly missed. Yes, George and Barbara Bush, swingers through and through. Took her on a trip yeah, to so Space Mountain. Rick Flair Do you think that's Barbara where he Bush. got his uh, high riding jet flying from? You know, first trip on Air Force One. Wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing, son of a I like how he says Mr. For Bush would be you, proud of this of story. That and it's a story about him losing his wife to Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, mean, guess, I mean, I'd I be guess. proud. <laughs> For those of you wondering, um, David, David Crockett is the son of Jim Crockett, who owned Jim Crockett Promotions, which was bought by T- Ted Turner and turned into WCW. So he was uh he was one of the, the head guys of the NWA at the time. 
Um, yeah, that's just that's just fun. That's just fun that this guy's just like, yeah. <laughs> George W. Bush gave his wife to Ric Flair. Uh, what? But what this what this story doesn't tell you. But I, basically, I've learned to read between the lines. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. Sometimes people get mad at me. I know people look at me and they're like, I never said that! And I'm like, yeah, I know how to read between the lines. I listen to this story and I'm like, so, yeah, Ric Flair came and he fucked Barbara Bush. Yeah, George W. Bush fucked one of the 20-year-old women that Ric Flair was with. I can tell you that. They're out here on this fucking jet plane and he's banging the president's wife. There's no right. way the president is not banging one of Ric Flair's broads, okay? <laughs> George W. Bush fucked one of the Flair fuckers, okay? We know it. We know it. I mean, come on. He's the president. He could have Secret Service put a gun to Flair's head and say, you're not touching Barbara. But no, he let Barbara fuck him. And this guy is is a close mm. friend of George's, so he'll tell the story of Barbara going off and doing her thing, but he's not going to let out the complete story about how George was doing the same thing. I just like to imagine, like, their entire marriage, they've got their, their you know, one free pass, and the whole time Barbara's like, Ric Flair, it's got to be Ric Flair. <laughs> I like how it wasn't even the president's office that reached out. It was Barbara's office. So even if Bush wasn't down for it, it was going to happen. I like how Barbara's was was Ric Flair, and I'm just guessing George's was like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something, Barbara. If I could get that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, ooh, that RBG... She does something to me. Oh, yeah, I might trim the pubic hairs in that one, Barbara, if you know <laughs> what I mean. We'll be warming up some cookies for some hot apple pie, Barbara. <laughs> and you could bet he wouldn't have told that story had the president still been alive. <laughs> he, he obviously was sworn hasn't. To secrecy. Yeah. <laughs> Since we haven't heard it since, I'm pretty sure... Pretty sure we'd have heard the story about Barbara fucking Ric Flair beforehand if it had been out. Yeah. Uh, Woo! You gotta love it. I love it. I mean, Rick. Rick loves it. Barbara loves it. George is maybe the only guy who doesn't love it. I don't know. Right. Uh, but he's gone. Fuck him. <laughs> That story was very incredible. You want to tell us another incredible story? This story isn't just great. This story isn't just fantastic. Basically, this story is just incredible. Because former ECW star Justin Credible was taken into custody on Tuesday for misdemeanor assault with multiple charges aimed at him, including criminal mischief, and three instances of violating a protection order. Now, to make things clear, it has been reported that Justin lives with his family, most of which actually have orders of protection against him already, in the case that something happens. 
These are preemptive orders. We know shit's already happened in the past. They know shit's going to happen in the future. That's what happened. So this could actually explain the three counts against him. When the police were reached out to regarding the case, they responded that the 45-year-old man had multiple run-ins with the law since his last arrest in September, and he had recently turned down a WWE-sponsored rehab program that WWE is usually or is very famous for, for handing out. They're more than willing to give anybody who has wrestled with them rehab as long as they're willing to take it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sound like a very credible guy to me. Um, he's incredible. Uncredible? <laughs> Uncredible, incredible. Just you know uncredible. <clears throat> I yeah. love how, um, how members of his family, whom he lives with, have orders of protection just in case something happens. Yeah, I mean... The, like, the if there's an order for, for protection, Peter he shouldn't Palacco. be in the house, right? Well... Legally, no. And legally, if they let him in, they are a violation of it also. So mm. there's some unanswered questions here. Um, I, I I know this from secondhand knowledge. I personally have never had an order of protection against me, and I've never had an order of protection against somebody else. But I do have secondhand knowledge of order of protection, and I, and I know of at least one case I, I know of 100% where one person had order of protection against another person and the person issued the order of protection invited said person who is not supposed to be around over and when things went wrong and the police showed up the person who invited said person was arrested because they were the ones who violated order of protection goes both ways no matter who issues it so, if I issue an order of protection against you, Pasty, let's say, and I tell you to come over, I am the one violating the order of protection. You are not. So, um, so, so yeah, there, there are some unanswered questions here. But, obviously, if all of his family members, at least three of them, have orders of protection against him, it's his fault. I'm not stupid. He did yeah. something to fuck it up because they, like you said, they wouldn't have it without there being previous issues. It's sad. Just another case of uh, another case of pro wrestlers making pro wrestlers look bad. Yeah. Yep. Well, hopefully he gets the help he needs and sobers up now. Uh, it's all you can hope for, and and I hope he takes it. I'm sure if he accepts that. Uh, WWE sponsored rehab program his stay will be a lot shorter and now for something just incredulous apparently USADA could be cooking the books on behalf of Brock Lesnar according to a tweet from at dim space very credible resource because I've heard of him ever in my life (laughs) (laughs) it appears test results have been deleted At DimSpace tweets, I've gone through USADA's UFC's XML with a fine-tooth comb. Only Lesnar's test numbers have dropped between 1128 and 712. No other fighters affected. The sample is from 710 reporting, or 1017 
reporting period. Two samples reported from that week originally, but one has been va- has vanished or been removed. Granted, this could be a numerous amount of things. You know, two from that week, it could have been put in, in an error and taken away. But there is a chance here that USADA is cooking the books to get Brock Lesnar in the UFC, even if he doesn't deserve it. And I mean, didn't they do that for him last time, kind of? You know, in all honesty, I, I don't think USADA is different than any other organization out there. And I think if there's money to be made, I don't see them not cooking the books on it. Although, as you said, this isn't the most credible source. So I think we need to wait and see what kind of information actually comes out. But well, mean, in the in the comments on that tweet, there have been other people who... Uh have tweeted they know people who who also like go through that list on a daily basis just knowing Lesnar's there you know super Lesnar fans and right. shit like that who go through and can confirm as well that that test has went missing but i mean that could be like i said chalked up as something as simple as a an entry error oh yeah there easily. was two that week could have typed one in on accident and then had to go back and fix it yeah, there, there's so many things that, that could have happened that it's, I mean, it's just, until there's more to go on, it's hard to say one way or the other. Would I be shocked if USADA is is taking money in order to change their tests? Fuck no. No way. No way. You know, God forbid somebody tell me that uh, boxing in UFC is fixed. Holy shit, I would be flabbergasted. <laughs> Say it ain't so. Fucking pro wrestling fans are some of the few people that already fucking know all these things are fixed. It's like, you know, I always say, back in the day, everybody thought pro wrestling was legit, and it came out they were fixed. And all those same people say, but but boxing and, and MMA is legit. Shut the fuck up. People are paid to take falls in boxing all the time. Oh, yeah. That's how they make their money. Um, NFL, MLB, all of those. I can guarantee you at the beginning of the season, the main players in the NFL, the main people that run the NFL and have their hands in the money, know which two teams are in the Super Bowl that year. Oh, yeah. They Last know. year is a perfect example now, to sometimes that. With the Vikings doing very well for most of the season because the Super Bowl was going to be held in Minnesota. Yeah, and sometimes Drum that up some can attention change. And then you, cut them off at the end. Do you remember when, um, was it uh, was it New Orleans? Yeah, I think I want to say when New Orleans ended up getting uh, the hurricane, all mm. of a sudden they came up and shot through the ranks and then they won the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, it's because they had the spirit and everybody fought so hard. It was right. like, no, it's because they knew they could fucking market the shit and it was smart to have them win. They're not dumb. All of this shit, MLB, right. the, the baseball, hockey, all of that shit, everything. If there's millions and millions of dollars at stake, nobody is leaving it to chance. That yep. would just Hate be to break stupid. it to you, Bischoff. The news ain't the only one stealing professional wrestling psychology. All no these shit. organizations are telling you what to feel and not what to think. The problem is, pro wrestling was the first ones to realize that they could make money by exposing it. Yeah. 
the rest of them haven't realized that yet. Which is fine, because they're making plenty of money without it. Until they're not. Until they're not. <laughs> yeah, it comes down to the zero hour pasting. Yes, indeed. The MLW zero hour. And I have to say, I've been watching a fair share of MLW since our last session here on B-Sticks Podcast. And I, I really enjoy that product. Yeah, you can't go wrong with MLW. It may not be the best wrestling ever in the world. But it's the easiest accessible. <laughs> that and it's probably the most fun right now. Mm-hmm. Um, between NXT, Impact, and MLW, um, I, I'd even go out and say that Lucha Underground is more convoluted right now and, and harder. Uh, Lucha Underground is awesome and I love it and I love the storylines, but it's getting to be a lot like a lot of my other series would get to where it's like, I have to work hard to follow all the storylines and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Lucha Underground's really not even on my radar right now. Yeah, and you got Impact Wrestling, MLW, NXT, those three right now. I can just sit and watch and enjoy myself for an hour and not give a shit about anything else. And they have a big live show coming up, folks, on December 14th. I believe that's a Saturday, Pasty. Am I correct? I do think so. No, it's a Friday. You Friday. just lied to me. Why okay. do you lie to me? Well, they do air their show on Friday, so that would make <laughs> a lot of sense. Um, yes, uh, December 14th, this coming Friday. Now, but in defense of yourself and myself and everyone's self, they have a weekend of events planned that weekend. They have a lot. They have Never Say Never, which is coming up on the 13th of that um, week, which has a lot of big shows also that we could easily go over. Um, They got other ones. Uh, If you watch it on YouTube, it comes out on Sunday, so there's a little bit of a lag there. So, um, for sure, but This event looks really good. I'm excited for it. I am going to watch it. I looked up Never Say Never, and it came up with Justin Bieber. What happens if I put MLW? Do I get... Hey, there we go. Um, That's last year's. That is not this year's. It is Matt Riddle versus Tom Lawler, and that is not what's happening this year. I'm fairly certain because Matt Riddle is in NXT. Filthy Tom Lawler. I love Filthy Tom Lawler. Maybe he'll be washed for the first time. <laughs> just just like uh, uh, who the fuck was washed for the first time? Andre. Andre. Thank you, man. I was already <laughs> gone from that. Oh, never say never. December 13th. So that one, which is also going to be a very good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we're not doing this one because I, cause I honestly feel that Zero Hour is a much bigger show and is going to have a bigger impact. Never Say Never is going to see Desmond Xavier versus Andrew Everett, so we're going to get a, uh, a, a light heavyweight thing there. We get DJ Z versus Hijo de L.A. Park. Pacey, what does that translate to in English? Uh, Son of L.A. Park. You are damn the right. The colorful one. 
Uh, yeah. Ijo de L.A. Park, which is son of L.A. Park, that's presented by Selena de la Renta, which is part of Presentio de Rado, which is the presentation of gold. I'm, she, she's so amazing. We also see Dragon yeah, Lee. Yeah, she is. One of the, I know, right? Ow. One of the best cruiserweights out there taking on Rich Swan. another one of the most fantastic cruiserweights you're ever going to find. We got the leader of Los Inger Bonobles, Rouge, taking on Shane Strickland. Yes, folks, for those of you who pay attention and watch New Japan Pro Wrestling and know Los Inger Bonobles de Japón, if you would turn into MLW, you would get to see some of the folks from the original Los Ingobernables. This is no de Japón. De Mexico. <laughs> exactly. And the leader, Rush, takes on Shane Strickland. He had his first ever match in MLW. Actually, tonight, I, uh, Sunday. Saturday? Did they come out today? Maybe Saturday's when they, they come out. They come out today. on Fridays. I'm telling you, Friday. Okay, Friday. Well, what the fuck MLW is today? Pops Today's... up on YouTube. This, this is no. Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday. Sunday is when MLW comes off. Uh, today was the first day that uh, Rush was I on MLW. I saw it yesterday. I believe you did, but it's Sunday. Go and check it. Uh, we also see Filthy Tom Lawler taking out the man who sold him out to Promotion Dorado. Uh, Simon Gotch. That's going to be a good in. And this is a no-holds-barred fight. So you're going to just Both see men undefeated in MLW. Yes, folks. Then we get a Falls Count Anywhere match. L.A. Park, the original chairman, the man known as La Parka, taking on Sammy Callahan. Yes, Yow. folks. Falls Count Anywhere. These two are are hardcore legends and you're just going to see a fucking brawl for it all. And the main event is going to see Pentagon Jr. with Conan in his corner taking on Teddy Hart with the Hart Foundation in his corner. <laughs> Pentagon Jr. being the MLW tag Does team Pentagon champion. Does Pentagon Jr. wrestle under a different name in MLW though? Yes, it's uh, Penta El Cerro um, Cerro M. Like, like Zero Nyato. Yeah. You know, Sierra Mero. Mero. Yeah, no fear. So it's Penta Penta Zero M is is his uh, name there. Yeah, because Pentagon Junior is legally owned by like AAA. Same with like La Parca. He has to be LA Park because La Parca is owned by AAA. Mm-hmm. Nah, you know how it gets into all of that wacky shit. So yeah, it's yeah, it's Penta Sierra M. Has so L.A. That, Park always been as rotund as he is currently? Um, no, but he has always been a rotund, large luchador. If you go back to his mid-90s WCW matches, he was usually, him and Psychosis were the two biggest of the guys, and they did a lot of the power moves. Yeah. So he was always, he was never a Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrera, Billy Kidman sized guy. Okay. He was always a heavyweight, not a super heavyweight, but um, WCW just always put all luchadors in the cruiserweight category. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Just because it yep. was the style. Um, but that wasn't even the match we were talking about. Holy shit! Really, Fat Mac? That sounds amazeballs! 
As you know, we didn't cast our predictions for it. We could have. We didn't. We couldn't. We didn't. <laughs> Fuck it. But coming up in MLW Zero Hour, we got the battle of the big bitches here coming up, folks. Super heavyweight battle. Ace Romero topping in at just about 400 pounds, taking on Barrington Hughes that topples the scales at over 420. Ooh, that's a good number. That's my pick. You taking you taking Barrington, huh? Yes. I'm not very familiar with either of these guys. They may have been in the uh Battle Riot, but I'm not sure. I I'm going Barrington also just because he's got more going behind him at this point in time. Right. I think he has I'd pick more Ace, but he's no Rocky. He is no Rocky. You man, you nailed that. Um, up next, we got Dragon Lee versus DJ Z. Dragon Lee is one of the fastest up and coming luchadors from the Mexican circuit. DJ Z has been wrestling for eons. Under the DJZ or uh, Zima Ion or DJ Zima Ion moniker, he former X Division champion in Impact Wrestling. Well, you can pick first, I suppose. I'm going to go with Dragon Lee. I think he's got a lot of momentum on his side, and I think he's going to just keep going. And I don't think it hurts. DJZ to fall to Dragon Lee, and I think it helps Dragon Lee to go against a veteran like DJZ and go over. Well, I happen to be a little biased here because my initials are JZ, and I got a D, so so I'm going to go with DJZ because of the shared initials so, and the fact that I think Dragon Lee is pretty backhanded stab at Brandon Lee, the crow. And I don't like that. Yeah. Because obviously, Brandon Lee was the last dragon. Well, he was the last dragon, but he wasn't the last dragon. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what it means either. It's for, it's open for interpretation. <laughs> Next, we have the leader of Los Ingobernables, Rush. Not to be confused with Rush, folks. Rush taking on I did not beat my woman, Rich Swan. Roosh versus Rich, pasty. It's got to be Rich Swan, right? You're going Swan. He's a a big star on the circuit right now, and I think he's got to get over. I'm going Roosh. I'm going to let Roosh. He's new to MLW. I think they're going to let him get a win here. I think it will help Los Ingobernables. I think, I, I, I don't think, I know that everywhere outside of Mexico, Los Ingobernables is overshadowed by Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yes. And I think this is a good way for them to get the the brand out there, especially with Bullet Club going down. 
Yeah. So Dehapon's actually going to get bigger in Japan, I would only assume. I think this is for this is a good chance for them to grow. So I'm going to go with Rouge. Yeah, where do you think the Bullet Club's going to go from here anyway? <laughs> I, I mean, a, apparently the new organization, we, we don't know till we know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know. There's a good chance that they're building this organization and they put a lot of work into this and it all falls through before there's even anything. Well, no, I'm, and I'm not talking about the elite. I'm talking about the leftover ones that aren't elite. Oh, the ones who aren't elite? Oh, yes. they're going to go on and, and fucking main event and take over uh, New Japan for sure. You, you, you think the Bullet Club's still going to be strong? I don't, oh, I, don't know yeah. that it, I don't know that it can. It is strong. I mean, all those people have been doing really good over there. All those people? You mean three three people, I think, is all that's left? Oh, no, shit. There's a, a shit ton of folks that are part of uh, bullet, bullet, part of the uh, firing club or the firing squad. Yeah. Number one, you got the three Tongas with Haku. Mm-hmm. You got Bad Luck Fale. You got uh, the Bone Soldier. There's at least six, and I know I'm missing a, a few folks here. Oh, yeah, but uh, it's like Jay, Cody uh, said, those are the guys who don't want to go Jay up White. and above the call of duty. They just want to go and Jay fight White. their matches and do Switchblade Jay White, which is seven. So you got Switchblade Jay White in there. Yeah, Jay White. That's a so there's at example. least there's at least seven guys there. Not everybody pasty can be number one. And if you're gonna have Okada and you're gonna have Jay White, I mean Jay White's at the top of the card right now. You got Okada, you got Jay White, you got Tanahashi. Um, you got Ishii, you got all of these guys, plus it brings room for other guys to come up. For sure, I think for sure that uh, Bullet Club is going to stay at the top of the card as they always have. They've always only had one guy in the main event and a lot of guys in the lower and mid cards. Yeah. And Jay White is their main event guy right now, and he's going to stay there, I think. I don't agree with it. To me, Jay White's the least of anybody they've ever put up as their quote-unquote leader, and I'm yep. not a Switchblade Jay White guy. Same. But I love Bad Luck Fale. I love the Bone Soldier. I love uh, Tamatanga, Tanga Loa, Tanga Roa, Haku. I, all of these guys, I'm behind 100%. So I, I, I enjoy watching all of them. I think there's a lot that can happen from it. I think there's a chance that they could all break up and, and Bullet Club could disintegrate, which that's, wouldn't that's even be negative. That's kind of where I'm feeling it's heading to. I don't want to see that happen, but there's a lot of repair to do after the Elite takes their leave. Like There is. It's It'll be interesting to see Maybe, I mean, happens. with the Japanese fan base, they'll still be strong, but New Japan lost a whole lot of eyes from around the world when the Elite decided to separate ways. Yeah, but they didn't have control in that. So all they can do is do damage control from here forward. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm yeah. sure they didn't choose to lose those guys. And to be fair, every single one of those guys can still compete on a New Japan card. Oh, yeah. They're just not contractually obligated yeah. to only appear there. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that we still won't get pay-per-views with all of them guys on there. Right. We just don't know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of questions, which is good. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of questions we're looking forward to the answers to. 
That seems the opposite of what WWE does, where there's a lot of questions and we don't give a fuck what happens. I like where there's a lot of questions that I'm like, ooh, what could this be? It's the, it's the difference of me coming to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning and being like, ooh, what could this be? As opposed to me going to the litter box Friday evening being like, oh, what could this be? Like, that, that that's my best analogy for, like, WWE compared to New Japan right now. Mm. <laughs> it's sad, but that's that's what it is. Um, we picked our guys. I don't know where we're at. Where uh, we we're at, at the Tracy? middleweight title ladder match. Desmond uh, Xavier versus Cotto Brazil versus Andrew Everett versus Jason Cade. For the middleweight title in a ladder match. This could be the match, again, that steals the night. I don't oh, know yeah. why I say it again, because it's the first time I implied that this would steal the night. <laughs> <laughs> again! For the first time ever! <laughs> um, you went, you went first last time. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, my God. Now i got to harken back to NXT UK, because in the match between Tony Storm and... Uh, God, who's the women's champion over there now? I thought Tony Storm was the women's champion. No, no, Tony Storm, Tony Storm lost to God. What the fuck Who did is her name? Lose to then? Uh, hang on. I guess Tony Storm is who I was thinking as their champion. So you'd have to uh, let me know who it is, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Rhea Ripley. Oh, yes, actually, I, I, you know, now that you said that, I didn't know. Rhea Ripley, the one, the one that fucking, uh, took out, um, I'm spacing off her name now. Uh, uh, the gal that was gonna win the Mae Young Classic, who was out earlier before and then got injured again. Yeah. Oh, God, and has been such a great heel. Yeah, she has. And uh, she'll be a really good NXT UK Women's Champion. Tony Storm would be a great one, too, but she doesn't need it. She's got all that momentum behind her right now. She no, doesn't she need truly the championship. doesn't. You're right. She truly doesn't need it. <coughs> Tegan Knox is who she ended up. Yeah, there you uh, go. She ended up injuring. But before their match for the championship, Triple H is like, are you ready to make history? And I'm like, fuck, I got to stop watching this program now. <laughs> Right. Uh, you're fucking making history with the worst ratings in history. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta fucking love that. Why don't they hold that one up? Like, be proud of that. This is the lowest ratings in raw history. I know, right? They, they never, yeah, when it's the first time ever, but it doesn't quite flatter them. And I mean, yes, I know it would be dumb for them to exploit that. But as much as they exploit first time ever's that are so flattering, uh -huh. it accentuates when there's so many Shit, negatives. It might buy them better ratings in the following weeks if they came out and, and, and acknowledged what's, it. What's the worst thing is, though, isn't this? This has got to be about the fourth time now that they've hit their lowest ratings ever. Like, right. they're... Oh yeah, On this year it's just streak. been how low can you go? Yeah, it's it's really um 
God, it's really Hermes Conrad all the way. This is the Hermes Conrad year, is what I'm calling this for WWE. Because they're the limbo champions. <laughs> right. This is this is the Hermes Conrad year. The year of Hermes Conrad. If there's like a Chinese um astrology <laughs> it would be Hermes. What do they call it? Zodiac. Chinese Zodiac, Zodiac for WWE. This is the Hermes Conrad year. <laughs> For sure, man. <sighs> so who's going to win this middleweight title ladder match? So, so one thing I love about this that you don't, you rarely see in pro wrestling, let alone anywhere else, is this is a match where the one odd guy out is the white guy. So we got Andrew Everett as the only white guy in this middleweight championship ladder match. Um, I don't think he's going to win. Oh, no. I think, uh, oh, and to, to set the stage, folks, um, MJF Maxwell uh, Jacob Friedman had to drop the title due to injury, so the, the title is up for grabs. Vacant. Nobody has it right now. Vacant has it. Yes, pasty. Um, MJF did an amazing job with it. He's such a fucking great heel. Uh, I think it needs a good face. I think Cotto Brazil is going to take this one. I think I'm fine with it. To be honest, I think anybody could take it, but I am going to go out and say in a match where only one out of four guys is white, if the white guy wins it, it doesn't look good. Right. Don't let Andrew Everett win it. Just, no. Just don't let him fucking win it, please. <laughs> I hate to sound like the anti-racist racist, but we're just not going to do that. Who do you got, Pasty? Andrew Everett? Cotto Brazil. <laughs> you got Cotto Brazil also? Uh-huh. He's got the most story going into this thing, I think. He truly does. And I think I, I think it's going to do good for him. Um, you could argue. Cotto Salami might be just... my least favorite kind. But Cotto Brazil <laughs> is something special. Just as you mentioned um, before with uh, uh, Rhea Ripley is that maybe Cotto Brazil probably doesn't need it as much as the others and that could be an argument but I also think he deserves it more than the others yeah. so um, if, if they choose to put it on J- you know if it's Desmond Xavier or Jason Cade I'd go with Jason Cade first myself but if you put it on either one just to give him a boost I'd be okay with it but yeah I'd personally go Cotto Brazil Next, we have Singapore Kane match. Tommy Dreamer just goes from Young Buck to Young Buck to Young Buck, and we ain't talking about Nick and Matt here. Right. To show people respect. Every time there's some young guy out there who won't respect their elders, here comes Tommy Dreamer with his house of hardcore fucking pants and his polka dots and his Singapore cane. I love... Try to teach him the, 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 the wrestling business, I baby. I love the build-up to this match, though. How it's good. disrespected Tommy Dreamer. Tommy's going to teach him some respect. Tommy did... Wait, I... I hmm? No, Brian won. But Tommy goes to shake his hand, and then Brian attacks him more. Correct. So right, this yeah. is, it's a good build-up. This match is going to be really good. I, I am, this is going to be good. I, I, I would like to pick first here if I can. Pasty, I'm not going to allow it. We're just going to skip this match, go on to the next one. we got a no-disqualification world heavyweight <laughs> title match. 
Okay, go ahead, Pasty. Go ahead. I'll never pick Tommy Dreamer to win another match again. Never. <laughs> never, ever. You're learning. <laughs> and I mean, this is the son of Brian Pillman here. And he rocks a mullet like none other in the year 2018. In 2018, God, you he don't looks see like he's mullets. fresh out of the fucking 80s. I swear to God. He does. He fits right in in the 80s. Um, with his glasses, with the mullet, with the with the leather vest. Um, the man, uh, the uh, I'm gonna say something stupid, pasty, and I hate when I say stupid things. The man needs to get signed by WWE. He could, he, he'll never be a main event guy. He'll never hold the world title, but he could easily be a Dean Ambrose. He could easily be a, I'm going to hold the, the, I'm going to make a lot of money holding, being the upper middle guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He could make money doing that. He could. He's got all the talent in the world. Uh, both in the ring and on the mic. He's just, he's just amazing. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think he's just fantastic with the new heart, the new heart foundation. Yep. With Teddy Hart, him and Davey Jr. And he would have fit it in the original fantastic. heart foundation. Oh, he definitely would have. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he definitely would have. It, it's just great. Um, I agree with you. It, it's going to be Brian Pillman Jr. Tommy yeah. Dreamer at this point in his career, has no reason to win in big matches like this. I mean, he, he should be putting over young guys and helping to make their careers. Of course, with the way this, this build-up is, I'm going to face Paul when Tommy does win this one and teaches him some respect. <laughs> with his polka dot pants. Once there was this kid who took a trip to Singapore and brought along a spray paint and win. He finally came back. He had cane marks all over his bottom. A little weird, Al, for you guys. I love it. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. One one that never gets talked about. God, I'm, I'm glad you pulled that out because that one, I mean, that never gets played. <laughs> well, that's could be the it story of this played. match, really. It could. When they show highlights of the match, that's the song that's going to be played. It should. <laughs> How come nobody's done that yet? I hope Tommy spanks his ass with a Singapore cane. <laughs> and yeah. to end the, the show at zero hour, we have a no DQ world title match. Loki is defending his title. Of course, he's represented by Selena de la Renta for Promotions Dorado. Which is an English pasty. Golden promotions. God damn, you're good. I swear, sometimes <laughs> I think you were born in Mexico. And, and De La Renta, on... she's the landlord? <laughs> yes, she's the landlord. <laughs> now, does she own the company or have, is she just? She is, she is the company. I mean, that's her, she's, she, she created the golden promotion. No, I, no I'm, but I mean like MLW in general. Oh, no, 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 no. No? Okay. No. no I, I've been just... confused about that since I came in because they seem like an established like authority. No, she just has, she has low key. She has uh, LA Park and El, De, uh, El Hijo de LA Park. Mm-hmm. Um, she also Smaller, has... colorful LA Park. That's what that um, means. 
Yeah, smaller, colorful LA Park. Um, she has uh, who's the other Spanish guy? She has. She has uh, Simon Gotch. Um, actually, now Simon Gotch is a part of them. Yes, you yep. are correct. Simon, Simon Gotch, Gotch just turned against Filthy Tom Lawler and Sammy Callahan. Um, she's not man? a part of Sammy Callahan and and uh, and Ovi. You know, she is not. But um, I mean, they're kind of working together. But yeah. Um. Anyways, so Loki. We never said who he's versing. Conan, who is kind of coming out of retirement for the first time, although he just came out of retirement in the last match, although he didn't show up to the last match until the end, and then he just kind of got... Man, Conan has no chance here. Conan's milking his fucking man, isn't he? Yeah. I love Conan. I love Conan. No, no shit about him. The man has such a beautiful mind for the business. The only he was one way. of the best workers. He was a superstar in Mexico who not only... He was the rock in Mexico before anybody knew there could be a The Rock. Like, in the nine, in the early 90s in Mexico, he starred in TV shows, in movies. He was getting red carpet treatments. He was the biggest name in Mexico. And, and, and I will never take that away from him. And now he's just a guy with a podcast on the Talk is Jericho uh, network. That nobody listens to. <laughs> no, no. I tried when it first came around, when I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, I, I tried also, and it's just not that good, even with Disco Inferno. And I love Disco, and Uvi. Uvi's on there, too, and I, yeah, I just Uvin can't. Yeah, Uvi Guerrero. But, uh, yeah, he's overstaying his welcome. Um, obviously, he needs triple threat hardcore matches and no DQ matches, because he, he can't wrestle a match. We right. know that. And he'll admit that. I'm, I'm not dogging him for that. The man, The man's... The man's going to do better in the ring than I'll ever do, Pasty. Yeah. But the man's not winning the MLW Heavyweight Championship. <sighs> well, the thing here is it's an ODQ match, so obviously the Golden Promotions is going to have their lackeys at side. The only way Conan stands a chance is if somehow he gets but LAX got to come LAX with him. And, yeah, he's and got if LAX, LAX shows that up his, at MLW... I'll uh, I'll ejaculate into my own asshole. I'd say that's a pretty sure bet. So I'm ready to ejaculate into my own asshole. You're ejaculating in your asshole? Yes, if, if LAX shows up. Okay. I think I think there's I think there's a good chance they could show up. To be honest. Yeah. Impact would let him, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Impact would easily let him. One thing about MLW, they seem to kind of get all around. They got AAA guys, and they got CMLL guys, Mm -hmm. and AAA and CMLL. And, I mean, Rich Swan's fighting in this event. He's he's Impact. Oh, yeah. They got a lot of Impact. Uh, DJZ is very Impact. Um, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, Sammy Callahan does so much Impact stuff. Um, all of these guys, also a lot of them do Lucha Underground with AAA. 
But like I said, there's CMLL stuff, Dragon Lee is CMLL, they got New Japan stuff, Dragon Lee does stuff with New Japan. Uh, yeah, it's... MLW seems to be one of the promotions that doesn't rub too many people the wrong way. And as long as they don't get too big, they seem to be uh, able to get a lot of shit done. Yeah. So, so what's your pick? The man with the best voice in professional wrestling right now. Low key. Yes. Oh, my God. I love when he talks. Do you really? Yes. You know how many people hate when he talks? Well, it's because he's, he's Mexican, but he talks like a rich white guy with a very he low does. voice. But I love it. I love it so much. Because he's, he's he looks like Rey Mysterio man. without a mask. <laughs> Yeah, he's taken the Hitman character because, I mean, it's been about a year, maybe more than a year, that he started this, this quote, Hitman character that he had, where he just did the, you know, the video game Hitman? Yeah. But he's really turned it into something that he's, oh, it, very much like Sting did with the Crow. You know, Sting started as, as a mock of the Crow, but then as time went, when you see that, you think of Sting, you don't think of the Crow. Right. And and you could even go as far as to say a lot of times when people watch The Crow, they think of Sting. And I think Loki has done that with Hitman. And to be fair, I don't think Hitman was ever as big as The Crow. No, 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 no. So, I think it's, I, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think Loki, Loki was one of the best pro wrestlers back in 2003, 4, 5. The fact that MLW has given him a place to be a world champion in 2018 is fucking fantastic. Because remember, remember, Pacey, he went to WWE. They fucked him up as Caval. They put him in NXT. He won NXT. I think he won NXT. Am I making that up? I think he won NXT. I might be making that up. Then he came to the main roster as Caval, and they just fucked with him. Like, he was shit. They turned him into Pac. They turned him into Cody Rhodes. They turned him into uh, Rich Swann. Any any number of these motherfuckers. Austin Aries. Any number of these fuckers that were amazing talents that they just fucked with. And he came out, and you're like, you're watching him now. Like, goddamn, I would love to see this guy main event WWE. I love it. Didn't he win NXT? I couldn't tell you. I am not familiar with Caval at all. Really? Yeah. Let's go Caval NXT and see what Google has to say. Um, low key Caval NXT comes up low key. Let's go World Wrestling Federation NXT. It was announced on June 1st that Caval would participate in the second season of NXT. Caval regained the number one ranking on August 30th episode of Raw. Caval and Daniel Bryan lost a triple threat match to Miz and Alex Riley. On August 31st, Caval won the second season of NXT with with uh, McGillicuddy, who would end up being a... Um, um, Axel, um, Curtis Axel ranked second and Riley in third place. So yeah, Caval won second season of, uh, Loki was the second season winner of NXT pasty and WWE had no fucking idea what to do with them because 
That was in... That was in 2010. And by December of 2010, he was no longer with WWE, and he went to New Japan and TNA. All right. So they had this talented bastard. But, I mean, if you look at WWE in 2010, that's not what they were looking for. Not in 2010. It was eight years ago, pasty. (coughs) That was when... Alex Riley and Curtis Axel were still in New Japan or uh, NXT, I should say. What a world we live in. What a world. I am melting. Global warming. I don't think we got much else, Pasty. No, I do kind of because I loved it so much. Kind of just want to briefly, as we exit here, talk about the Battle Riot. Because what amazingness happened here. 40 men in a Royal Rumble style fight where submission can happen. This is the MLW Battle Riot, folks, that he's talking about. MLW Battle Riot. We're talking about MLW. No DQ. No DQ. Yeah, right. Weapons. Submission eliminates people. Fucking wonderful match with some surprising stars showing up. I mean, Blue Not, Meanie was in the house. I know, right? When do you get to see Blue Meanie on TV? Oh, it's so good. So good. And then who was the fucking, the old legend who, who got fucking submitted right away by Tom Lawler? Oh, I'm looking at the list of people here. Um, good God. Why? I don't think I'm seeing it now anyway. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was the old legend that was in there. He was a really old guy. He, he And Tom Lawler like jumped up right behind him and choked him uh, out. And he tapped Brody, right away. Brody King was in there. Brody King? That could be it. Brody King. Yeah. Joey uh, Ryan uh, showed uh, up. Ke- oh, oh, no, you're thinking Kevin Sullivan, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan. Is that the same backstage WWE Kevin Sullivan? Yep. Uh, WCW. He was the head booker of WCW. In fact, his uh, wife was Nancy Sullivan who ended up um, in a storyline relationship with Chris Benoit. Then she ended up leaving Kevin Sullivan for Chris Benoit. Then Kevin Sullivan had to write stories for Chris Benoit, who was fucking his wife. Then Chris Benoit had a kid with Nancy, married her, and then he murdered Nancy and his son. So in a weird way, Kevin Sullivan is responsible for Chris Benoit murdering his wife and child. <laughs> How do you like that, Pasty? You weren't Facts. expecting that story, were nope, you? My face just melted from my skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of those things where people work themselves into a shoot. Kevin Sullivan came up with the storyline where Chris Benoit started fucking Nancy on TV. Mm. And then Nancy left Kevin Sullivan for Chris Benoit. And that's why Chris Benoit left WCW, because Kevin Sullivan was the head booker at the time. 
And so Kevin Sullivan's writing storylines for the guy who's fucking his wife. Well, Chris Benoit's not going anywhere there. And that's not wrong on Kevin Sullivan's part. I'm not saying that either, folks. <laughs> I'm. They were both, you know, if Chris Benoit wants to fuck Nancy and she'll let him, that's fine. But if Kevin Sullivan's writing your storylines, you better expect you're not going to get shit out of that, okay? <laughs> right. That's just... That's part of it. No, we had Hornswoggle in this fucking battle. Oh, yeah. Joey we Ryan. Had ACH, Joey Ryan, Conan. John Morris and Jack Swagger. Uh, uh, Barrington Hughes, the big son of a bitch that's coming up here. Uh, Teddy Hart. Uh, 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 fucking everybody. This was fun. It was. And fuck, if WWE does anything over 30 men, the world is complaining. This was an easy watch, and I wanted more. Right. Definitely, definitely, definitely. If you have not watched MLW and you don't start at the beginning, start here. And this one, I, I, I will, I will let folks know. This one was, I think, about two hours. This was a two-hour show. Most MLWs are right at one hour. Yeah. But this one not only had the battle riot, but it also had a few um, actual title matches. Um, I think this was the, um, I think this was the match that, that did the first ever, um, middleweight title, um, Joey Ryan versus, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman mm-hmm. and MJF won. And Tony Schiavone was at ringside. Tony, we haven't even mentioned Tony Schiavone. No, Basti. we haven't. Oh shit. My favorite announcer who's still living today. Um, not my favorite announcer of all time, but my favorite announcer who's still living today, Tony Schiavone, is the voice of MLW. That says something to me. Uh, I mean, maybe not, but mm-hmm. um, I, I love Tony Schiavone. I think he's great. As somebody who grew up NWA, WCW, I love hearing him. I love his take on things. For anybody who listens to What Happened When Mondays with Tony Schiavone and uh, Conrad Thompson, you know the you know the Tony Schiavone who's hiding under there. That's just so much fun. And uh, this is what got Tony back into pro wrestling. He quit all of pro wrestling back in like 2001 when WCW went under. And something like MLW got his jaded ass out and wanting to be a part of pro wrestling Mm -hmm. again to me that says something yes yes it definitely does and he was joined by matt striker who's not so bad himself no he's not he's not bad not classic but not bad and of course everybody's favorite appearance in the entire battle riot the spirit squad was in the house boom boom Yep, Kenny and Mikey showed up, showed out. Of course, Kenny Conan was Dickstra. there. God, just just a good, good fucking time. Fun, fun as hell. PCO was there. Pasty, have you ever figured out who PCO is yet? Polycystic ovarian cancer. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Still no. Go go hit up your MLW on your YouTube and check out the PCO. He, you'll be like, oh shit, he's not. You you won't recognize him as the PCO from WWE. Like, there's no way you'll ever like connect him to the the WWE PCO, which was just Carl Wallet. Who the fuck is um, it? Who is known for? Who is known because I'm looking at it right catch, now. He could catch a baseball with one eye, pasty. What? It takes you. It takes you a hand to catch a baseball. He can catch a baseball with one eye. He looks like the lead singer of. Uh... He was part of the Quebecers with Jacques Rougeau. It was it was uh, Carl Ouellette and Jacques Rougeau back in WWE, and he had the eye patch. He was the one-eyed guy. He was gone for like ten years. Then came back as like a hardcore extreme wrestler. He looks like under the name the lead singer Pierre Carl Willette, PCO. He looks like the lead singer of the Offspring if he was bald. I like the Offspring. They they make good music. They made better music in the nineties. Well, I guess that's all I know them for. I guess I haven't listened to <laughs> non nineties Offspring so. <clears throat> But I have watched non-90s Carl uh, Willett, and I think he's amazing. Yeah, I don't think I recognize him from anything. That might make me a look bad up, person. Look up I'm looking the at Rougeau him right now. Brothers. Look up the Rougeau brothers, though. Like, not, not PCO. Look up the Rougeau brothers and see the guy Russo? with the eye patch. R O U G E O something like that. <laughs> you have a hard time. I know you have a hard time with the French names. I know. I well, know you Pasty. do. You and your 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 Lavusque or whatever. R O U G E A U. Yeah, there you go. The guy with the one eye. That's him. Uh, they have two eyes apiece, from what I've seen. Not well, not the Rougeau brothers. If you looked up the Rougeau brothers, I did. They're with Jimmy Hart. They're wearing sunglasses in one picture. Well, don't look for the Jacques ones. Rougeau, Toxes Sons, WWE something. Uh, Quebecers. Did you look up? Are they uh, Quebecers? <laughs> I just looked up Quebec. I just looked up to Quebec. Still, it's WWE, man. It's hard to fucking. There's one. He played like. Wow, he was a lot bigger back then. He was way, yeah. He was way more muscular. Not like bigger, like fat. Bigger, like muscular. Yeah, I uh, I can see him right now. He's got an eye patch. Yeah, finally, when you get to the Quebecers. Well, okay. Well, yeah, they had like 17 <laughs> fucking gimmicks. All right? One of them was the fucking Mountie against the big boss man. You remember that? When he was the fucking Canadian Mountie? No, I never watched this shit. You didn't watch WWE? I thought I was the NWA guy. <laughs> I never never saw these guys. Never. This is this is from your era, like the Attitude uh, Era. This, WWE. Is, this is like, this is pre though. I was late Attitude Era. And more yeah. ruthless aggression, I guess, because it was towards yeah. the end of WCW. I think you're WCW. more ruthless aggression because this is 
This is from Raw, like back when Raw was Raw. Raw, Raw. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So this is him. But then he took off like 10 years, like not doing anything, Pasty. And then he came back and he's this hardcore specialist. And he has his eyeball. And he's good. No, he doesn't. He's got, haven't you ever seen his eye? (laughs) He's got the Sub-Zero thing going where he's got, A, he's got like the the painted scar. But B, his eye is like cloudy or whatever. So, Well, Kane did that too. Yeah, but Kane's was fake, and this guy's is actually real. This guy could catch a, a baseball pasty with one eye. Have you caught a baseball with one eye? Sure. I've caught a baseball with two hands. <laughs> Never with one eye. Seems dangerous. 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 Danger. Danger. We are ending of- the, nearing the end. Season one of Beef Sticks Podcast. I am going to say, though, Pasty, we're not going to talk about this on Beef Sticks Podcast, but Kim Possible live action movies coming out, and I'm fucking stoked. Oh, shit. I know. Find out more about that on Butter Pop Culture, I'm sure. But, yeah, we we need to end this. It's it's about time, look. Oh, you mean you got to work tomorrow and you got to go to sleep? <sighs> fucking assholes. You sure you don't want to make this a six-hour super show? Assholes! Come on, we can do some more Lost in Translation. Huh? And with that being said, folks, <laughs> Pasty White quit speaking. And we did not hear from him again until the year Our Lord 2019. So with me being the only one left to bid you adieu... Thank you for all of your ears that you have presented to the Beef Sticks podcast for season un. And may we get more ears in season du. We thank you and we bid you au revoir. Until next time, this has been... Hell in the Bloody Bloodhouse.